0: Thank you What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey, episode number 132, presented by the Bar Room Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I am anxiously waiting the return of my New Jersey Devils tomorrow. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller, and his favorite team, the Chicago Blackhawks, already have a win and another game tonight. Frank, how you doing? Hulk's win! Hulk's win! Hulk's win! Oh, Twin! Oh, win! Hawks win!
1: What a game. What a game. I couldn't be doing any better if I tried. It was electric.
0: Hell yeah, dude. Dude, I'm pumped. Hockey's back. We watched hockey. There were three games last night. All of them were at different times. The next one didn't start till the other one finished. It was seven hours of hockey. It was awesome. No, it was more than seven hours. Probably closer to like nine hours, really. And I don't really think I missed a second of it. There were it a couple times I was watching it on my phone while the car was moving and whatnot, listening on the, but I took in just about every piece of the NHL last night, even the late game when I got pretty tired at late at night, I went yeah. to bed with the third period on the phone and finished watching in bed. It was unbelievable. I love hockey. I love that it's back. We don't have to deal with that summer bullshit for a long time. That's yeah,
1: cool. That's good.
0: That's pretty cool. And the only thing we like about summer is big brother, the bags tournament. You're in Katie's birthday. Um other than that summer kind of stinks. Oh, Fourth of July is pretty cute. Fourth of July. Pool. Yeah, the pool's cool. Uh but then by late August, I'm so sick of being outside by the pool. <laughs> I am. I like people who live in like Florida or like I don't know, place where you swim year round. I don't know. Um skokes comments on my hat. Yes, it's a Chicago blackhawks themed hat. There are feathers on the back. It's pretty dope. So I can't in good conscious, Skokes, and I told this to Frankie off air before we got on camera. I can't in good conscious pick between the Chicago Blair and the Boston Bruins. So, Connor Bedard taking on the Bruins tonight with, you know, Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, and the boys ready to go um i didn't pick i just was one of those weirdos who was wearing two separate teams at one time everyone knows my allegiance lies with those new jersey devils but i do love the chicago blackhawks and the boston bruins as my you know 1b teams uh they're my favorite teams to watch besides the devils so very happy with the way last night went and we are going to get to that frank in period number one Oh, to celebrate, I also got a Columbus Blue Jackets koozie. I love Ohio, and we're going to crack open a nice can right here
1: on air. No free ads. Um, Frank, what do you think of my Blue Jackets koozie? I think it's great. I'm excited to see them play tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers. (laughs) Me too. What a game too. I don't think Tom uh, heard your explanation on the hat.
0: It's a Blackhawks hat. <laughs> what do you? What other explanation do I need? It's a it's a Chicago Blackhawks themed knit hat with some long ponytails. There are feathers sewn in on the back, like not real feathers, obviously, but the it's meant real to look feathers. like feathers on the back. Um, it probably looks less dumb, although still dumb, with the headset off. But I will wear it next time I'm in the presence of Tom. It'll probably be nice and cold, um, going forward. So this hat is going to be on my head a lot over the next, um. I don't know, six months, however long it's going to be cold here in good old Shy town and I can't go against the Bruins and I can't go against the Hawks unless they're playing the Devils. So I like both. I hope both teams have fun. Um, If it goes to overtime, I hope someone on my fantasy team scores. (laughs) <laughs> right, like that's basically where I'm at. Do
1: you have, have anybody on? Well, here I'm in
0: two fantasy hockey leagues. And of course, the one that's dearest to my heart is the one that I'm the commissioner of. Of course, Frank, that is the one you also participate in. Um, it's called 17 Seconds to Glory, um, which is actually kind of a hawk joke making fun of the Bruins. Um, but, you know, I have Possernock and in that league. So, in that league, Go pasta, I guess, if it goes to overtime. But I also in my other league, shout out to our good cousin Nick Wayne and his friends. I have Taylor Hall and Brad marshall So is one is, if it goes to overtime, I'm rooting for a one of Hall, Marshan, not to score or Bedard, just because in, that would be awesome. And are you I still love in tutoring. a keeper league? No, I'm out of that. I'm okay. in a keeper football league though, and I'm four and one. Cool. Um but yeah, Frank, last night, outstanding hockey on TV. Yeah. We'll get to the big game between the Chicago Bears and the Pittsburgh Penguins um, in a couple minutes, but we'll start with the game that went first, the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Nashville Predators. Frank, what did we learn?
1: What do you like? I got a lot to say. Really? A lot to say. Yeah. Lay it on me, pal. No, no matter what adversities the Tampa Bay Lightnings have to face, they know exactly how to face them even without Vasilevsky, I thought this Predators team would have enough in the tank to defeat the Lightning, right? I thought this would be a bounce back, you know, opening start of the season. They could kind of start off on a better foot than they did last year. And with all these games that we preview, we have to take everything with a grain of salt because it's just one game. But, you know, the Lightning's offense proved it doesn't matter who they have in goal that they could back up the goalie with their offense. It was insane. Uh, Jonas Johansson, he looked fairly decent in net. Figuring he's never started in an NHL game before. He finished the night with a 9.03 save percentage. I mean, if he were to do that every night, the Lightning would be more than happy enough from what they get out of him. Kucherov and Paul decided they want to battle for the league lead in goals to start the season with two goals apiece. Brandon Hagel scored on a penalty shot, uh, the first penalty shot of the season. And the Lightning grabbed their first win of the season. And, you know, the, the Predators really came out in this game flat. They got out shot 13 to 2. They took five penalties. They really never gained no momentum. The only momentum that they had was when they had a two to one lead, but that lead only lasted for a little over two minutes. And then it became all Tampa from there. You know, I like the way the predators bounced back in the third period, but you know, the slow start in the beginning of the game really killed them. And Tampa Bay took advantage, and they're that type of team that takes advantage of stuff like that.
0: It's overreaction Wednesday, so we're always going to overreact to the first week of the season. There's always going to be a million goals scored, and we're going to think guys like Nick Paul and, you know, Nick Felino, all these Knicks. They're going to compete for scoring titles, right, because they had such a good night. Like, Nick Felino's on pace for 120 yep. or 160 points or whatever it is. It's honestly – it's very funny the way people talk during the first week of the season. I had both Nashville and Tampa missing the playoffs, and someone was going to win this game in particular – But I'm not so sure about my prediction about Tampa Bay missing the playoffs. And I know, again, overreaction Wednesday. You can't react to one game just because Jonas Johansson played great in this game doesn't mean he's going to play great all season. Here's one thing I forgot to consider when getting scared about Daddy Vasilevsky missing the first two months of the season. The Tampa Bay Lightning have been off of playing hockey for five months, which is the longest drought they've had um, of not playing hockey since I want to say when they missed the playoffs in the 2016-17 season and they missed it by one point because Hedman was hurt, and they didn't have Braden Point yet, and I think Stamkos missed some time. Um, they make it to the conference finals or Stanley Cup final close to every year. Uh, yeah. Last time they got bounced in the first round, longest break they've had. Um, the thing I forgot to consider, though, is the fact that the Tampa Bay Lightning might find a way to make it where their opponent, the Nashville Predators, don't get very many high-danger chances, right. and if that's the case as long as you have a moderately well-equipped NHL-caliber goalie in the net, which by all accounts it seems like Jonas Johansson is. We'll see if he becomes like a number one or if he's a backup or if he's a waiver wire goalie. Either way, he's an NHL-caliber goalie that can win a game in the NHL. He's probably more qualified in the year 2023 to you know be a number one than someone like Peter Mrazek who had a really good game yesterday for the first time in a long time. It very well could go on to be his best game of the season. But, like, a guy like that and behind a team like that who's playing like that, I mean, anything could happen. So, you know, we'll see what happens with the Lightning this season. Was that Jonas Johansson's best game of the season? It's also certainly on the table. But, you know what, I'm rooting for the guy. I'm happy that the Lightning were able to pick up that win, Nashville. Their offense was pretty suspect last year. I was very happy to see Ryan O'Reilly get on the board right away. He scored their first goal of the season. Um, uh, UC Saros looked really good. I think, you know, I think if if Jonas Johansson was in their net and UC Soros was in Tampa's net, there's a good chance that, you know, the Lightning win that game 3-0. Like, that's how good Soros was for the Predators and a couple of the goals that he gave up. Like, nobody's stopping that. Kucherov, the one from like way deep in the offensive zone, and he took the slap shot. It was the first goal of the season as a whole for anybody. Um, Just outstanding stuff from Tampa Bay, though, to be resilient. Um, Yeah, I'm not so sure that they're going to struggle this year as much as people think, but I'm not going to back off my playoff prediction at this Yeah, I don't blame you. The thing for Tampa Bay is Stamkos is in a contract year, and they have not contacted him. We've talked about this on the show before, If they're a bubble team in January, you might start seeing some Steven Stamkos trade rumors, which I think is something to think about, too. And I could see it happening. Um, I did a predict. We have a predictions piece for Pucks and Pitchforks coming out tomorrow where all the people, the contributors put in their opinions on five questions that were sent to us in an email. And my bold prediction for the NHL season was that Steven Stamkos is going to be traded. So um, that's game one, though. I think we learned that Tampa Bay is still Tampa Bay, for the most part, at least in the early going. And Nashville's going to have a hard time scoring some goals this season. I think. Yeah. Um, they need Ryan O'Reilly to step up. Career high seventy-eight points uh, as a member of the St. Louis Blues. Can he get to that apex again? We shall see.
1: Yeah, I, I have no idea. Um, Frank,
0: I know that the Nashville Predators are now in last place of the. NHL's Central Division, and it's game one. That was meant to be a sarcastic joke. Um, The the leader of the Central Division after yesterday's performance is the Chicago Blackhawks, who won over the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Pittsburgh Penguins, thanks to goals from Brian Rust and Sidney Crosby, went up 2-0. And then, of course, um, Ryan Donato, you know, find some loose change in the dot or in the blue paint. I mean, and he helps Connor Bedard get his first career NHL point later on. Cole Gutman ties it. Jason Dickinson gives them the lead. And then Nick Felino into the empty net Hawks win four
1: to two. Frank, what did we learn? What do you like? You know, the Hawks round pace for 82 wins. This is great. First in the Hell central yeah. division. I say they do it. 82 and 0. Set a new NHL record. But no, on a real note, it was a fun game. I could already tell this is going to be a really fun season no matter what this team ends up doing. Uh, I posted some takeaways on my Twitter last night, so if you didn't get the chance to see them, I'll go over them again here um, for those who don't follow me. But Connor Bedard looked fantastic. He was not afraid to shoot the puck. So many times watching not only the Hawks, but, you know, other teams as well, some of the top prospects, you get a little shy. You don't want to be the puck hog in your first game, right? You don't want the other guys to say, all right, we, we understand how good you are, but you could still pass the puck. But Bedard wasn't those guys. He, you know, he, he stepped into a role where he appeared to be very comfortable. He had double-digit shot attempts. He led the teams in shot on goal with five. And that's what we love to see. That's what we want to see out of Bedard as he develops with the Hawks. Um, He ended up getting his first career NHL point. He was hungry and inches away from his first career NHL goal goal, which is coming very soon. Um, Everything about Bedard felt really great. The only negative was that he couldn't win a faceoff, you know, and No one on the team really could win the. No one on the team could really win faceoffs, but you know that's at the end of the day that's not why we drafted Bedard. Um, But we were spoiled with Jonathan Taves all these years. But the team overall went thirty-two point two percent, which is horrendous. That needs to change, um, and that's definitely something they're going to have to fix going forward, Um, not just this year but in future years as well. Peter Mrazek, fantastic. He looked like he was one of the best goaltenders in the NHL, saved 38 of 40 shots, made some fantastic desperation saves. But, you know, I don't think this is something that Mrazic's capable of sustaining throughout the year. We'll see. Maybe he's rejuvenated. He's got Bedard on his team. Maybe he's got something to prove. I don't know. But he looked fantastic. And it was actually the second most saves a goalie's he's make, made in a Blackhawks home opener since, like, 1955. Or not home opener. Just the opening game of the season since, like, 1955 or something. So that was great. He looked fantastic. The one thing that was bad was the defense on both sides. Both the Hawks and the Penguins gave up way too many shots. We already knew that the Hawks wasn't going to be great coming into the game, but the Penguins' defense was supposed to be a lot better. And like we say, this is only the first game of the season, so they have 81 games to change things. But the Penguins also look very slow to me, and I know they're the oldest team in the the league. They look sluggish. Their defense looks slow. Um, Overall, it was a very fun game, and I can't wait to see what happens in tonight's game against Boston. But, I think the Penguins really got to, if they really want to be this powerhouse that everybody thinks that they're going to be, they got to do something about that defense. They looked slow and sluggish.
0: I couldn't agree with you more, Frank. Um, I'm trying to find out right now. I think Connor Bedard led the Blackhawks in time on ice yesterday as, in terms of forwards, Yeah. Um, which is amazing. He had an assist, a point five shots, which led the team 11 shot attempts first on the team uh, plus two in net takeaways, one block. And of course they won the game um, he was a high volume shooter. He got a point and he won the game, which is very important. Okay. So now we go to some of the advanced statistics. Now the advanced statistics community hates the face-off stat. Thinks it's dumb. You lose the face-off, go get the damn puck. The best teams in the league are not always represented on the top face-off percentages in the league. In fact, a lot of the time, the worst teams in the league have high face-off percentages. Yes. It is nice to start the puck with the puck of, I'm not, I'm not that, you know, into the analytics community where I'm going to say that winning face-offs isn't important. I think it's important, especially on, like, an individual basis. Like, you're down a goal, offensive zone face-off, goalie pulled. I'd like to win that faceoff. I think you're just an idiot if you claim otherwise. But I don't think it is at all representative of what makes you a good player. And I don't care if Conor Bedard wins a faceoff again for the rest of the season. He's the best player on the team, and it's not close. Here's why. Five on five, he led the Blackhawks in expected goals for Pretty important. Usually, those guys end up scoring tons of goals. If you're the highest players and expected goals for every year, McDavid, Matthews, Hughes, Pasta, Ovechkin, Crosby, Malkin, Connor Bedard. Expected or five on five Corsi percentage. Of course, for those of you who don't know, Corsi is the percentage of shot attempts for as opposed to shot attempts against. Meaning, if you're over 50%, that means that your team puts the puck on the other net more than it takes the puck on their own net when said player is on the ice. Connor Bedard led the Blackhawks, all Blackhawks players, in Corsi percentage. He also led them in Fenwick, which is basically a same stat with a different algorithm. Um, All situations Corsi, all situations Fenwick, meaning including power play and penalty kill. Um, He led them in shots, shot attempts, scoring chances, high danger scoring chances, and takeaways to lead an NHL team. In all of those statistics in one game out of 82 as a teenager is incredible to do it in the first game with an attempt to do it 81 other times is absolutely impressive conor bedard he was better yesterday, and people are going to think I'm crazy for this because he had a, a couple games with three points, I think, in the preseason. He was better, which goes to show that preseason, you are playing against lesser competition. T- players, I think, do give us an extra degree of intensity um, in the regular season, which makes things more difficult in terms of resistance. But Connor Bedard yesterday was better than he was in any of the preseason games, and he was absolutely phenomenal. I was so impressed. Um And I know we've had a lot of good number one picks in the years. We got a Selkie Trophy candidate. We got multiple scoring title potential leaders, you know, that came out of this. Connor Bedard is right there with all of them. If he keeps leading in takeaways and blocks and all situations Corsi and five on five Corsi and all these things, this guy could be who, why don't we talk about his defensive metrics enough? Why don't we talk about him in terms of being a Selkie Trophy guy with like a higher offensive ceiling, like, maybe uh, Elias Peterson on crack. You know, I think he and Barkov are better defensively than both of them and probably will be for the rest of their careers. But the offensive ceiling on Connor Bedard is through the roof. And I was just so impressed with the way they played. Sydney got the goal. I think Sydney had Sydney had the better play over Bedard. I would say because he had the goal. He, he just looked like he looked like Crosby yesterday. Peg, Penguins losing was far from his fault. But I was just super happy with the way he looked. He he set up, you know, chances. There was the one shot that he took that I thought for sure was going to go in when he, like, skated through the neutral zone to the right side, dangled through a Penguin defender, and then got it on net, and I think Jari made the save. But, um, I mean, he's going to go from working against Sidney Crosby yesterday to probably working against one of Pavel Zaka or Charlie Coyle tonight. I mean, this could be a chance for Connor Bedard to absolutely go insane. Um to say I know I sound excited, to say I'm happy with how he played in game number one would be an understatement. I mean, he's an all world player already. He's the best player on the team. Um he's he was already he was chirping with the refs yesterday, like getting Which in the show leadership skills. Exactly. I just don't I like, see him
1: being the captain down the line, I think.
0: I'd give it to him next year. Like. I know people are going to think I'm crazy. The devils gave he sure it in year two and a half. You know, the COVID stuff delayed it a little bit. He would have been the year before. I believe, um, you know, I'm trying Crosby got it young. I think Crosby was 20 or 19. Gabriel Landiscock, Stanley cup champion with the Colorado avalanche, you know, all time, great power forward. Got it at 19 years old. I think, um, McDusty was the captain. Nice and young. um, Jack Hughes and Austin Matthews probably not going to be the C for a long time, but they got other generational type players on their team that got the C's instead. Um, they get to go worry about offense. It's not like that here in Chicago. Connor right. Bedard is the dog of Chicago hmm. right now. I can't think of a player better at their sport than Connor Bedard. I in love Chicago. that. He was,
1: I love that he was chirping the ref. like, oh, he, over, like buddy, what's going on? Like, yeah,
0: that, like I, I love yeah. that
1: to see that from an eighteen-year-old.
0: whew, yeah and you have Nick Foligno and Corey Perry on the team combining for a sweet empty netter. Like that puck might've beat a goalie the way that uh, <laughs> Perry tossed it across the ice and uh, Felino kind of like redirected it top shelf. I'm like, that's the prettiest empty net goal I think I've ever seen. So like, you know, the fact that you got leaders like that, helping Bedard mold the way I, I, there are some people on Twitter or X that annoyed me. Um, you know, because the league is definitely going above and beyond to market Bedard, oh, yeah. um, but I think people are just getting annoyed by it because it's fresh blood. Because they do the same thing with Hughes, they do the same thing with Matthews, McDavid. They're all over everything. We want hockey to be more popular. Why wouldn't you make a guy as good as Connor Bedard front and center? What do you want? What do you want them to talk about? Like Andreas Athanasiou, good player, but he's not the face. He's not on my ticket stub. You know he's not on the banner that you look up at when you see the uh, when you go to see the Chicago Blackhawks at the United Center. You want to see Pasternak, you want to see Brad Marchand, you want to see Evgeny Malkin, Connor Bedard. I am I have no problem with the way they're going above and beyond to like shove Connor Bedard down our throats because he's that good and he deserves it. And it was proven last night. I cannot wait to see how he plays in the second half of a back to back. It's different. Because playing second half of a back to back in the NHL is a lot different than if he had a back to back with the Regina Pats or Team Canada. Um, so that game ended. They're in Pittsburgh. It probably ended. What would you say? Ten o'clock Eastern. Eastern. I'm um, Central yeah. nine, like nine yeah. our time, right? right so about ten. ten. Yep. So they got a fly from Pittsburgh to Boston. Which is probably what, like an hour flight. Not you long. know, I mean, not it's long. not too long. Pittsburgh is on the west side of Pennsylvania, so they had to fly over Pennsylvania, New York, and then into Boston. But you know, it's not a long flight by any means. Yeah. But they probably got into Pittsburgh or, or into Boston around one in the morning, because you know you don't just get off the ice and go straight to the plane. You got to dress, wind down, talk to the coach, eat. Um, and so they're probably landing in Boston at one o'clock a.m. They wake up this morning. Probably had a. Um, and a morning skate at 11. I'm pretty sure that's a standard time for the morning skate. And then you go take your afternoon nap. Every player in the NHL takes an afternoon nap. Um, and they're on the ice again at 6.30 tonight. And so yeah. it's a less than a 24-hour turnaround. That's not like that in, you know, the WHL. Big adjustment for Connor Bedard coming up tonight, I assume. And you're excited for it? Oh, I can't wait. I really can't. It's going to be great. No Patrice Bergeron on the other side for Boston. What are you looking for, Connor Bedard? Yeah, no Krejci. So, like I said, it is going to be – he's going to have a hefty helping of um, Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zaka, who are good players. You know, I'm not going to deny that. They're not bad. Um, But I think going from Sidney Crosby to those two will be like taking the donut off the baseball bat. It will feel a little lighter. But then again, second half of a back-to-back, the Bruins are fresh. Um, What does Bedard need to do to take advantage of this type of matchup?
1: Well, see, the Boston Bruins have a way better defense in my opinion than the way Pittsburgh better. Penguins. Way better um, and better goaltender. And Bedard was able to exploit the Pittsburgh defense yesterday, leading with 5 shots on goals and 11 shot attempts. That's huge. You were just you were able to run right through the defense. So I think the biggest key factor of this game is can he do it again with a much better defense on a back-to-back. So I'm looking uh I'm looking for him to kind of dissect their defense a little bit and we'll see what we get from him. I know based on some of the stuff I'm seeing about the Bruins game, uh, Bedard's not getting really enough credit in this game that we'll get to later that I'll touch on that. I don't want to talk about right now, but uh, yeah, just because the Bruins are a much better team and, you know, much better defensively, you'll know what I mean later on uh, in the show, but I, I want him to exploit the defense a little bit. I want him to prove that he could do it even against the best defenses in the NHL. So I'm looking for that out of him.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting because he's going to have a downgrade in forward opposition, at, t- at least in terms of center. Um, and he's going to have an upgrade in opposition in terms of the defense and goaltending that he's going to face. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see how he handles all of that, Frank. Um, I'm super stoked for it. I have a take, though. Okay. I think this is. You're gonna think I'm crazy, and I'm. I do mean this. I'm not just saying it to spew a take that I'll get reaction. I think the Hawks started Peter Mrazek. I think there is some, you know, he's the veteran. He's been around the league. He gets the opening night nod, but they probably would rather use Soderblom against. The oh Rangers. yeah. I, I honestly just believe that. And I, I, it's a smart coaching decision, in my opinion. Is It's kind of lucky that it worked out that they could give the veteran the nod first. But I kind of wholeheartedly believe if it were flipped, if it was Boston yesterday and Pittsburgh today, it would have went Soderblom or Azek. Soderblom's unreal. He's
1: awesome. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I think it's a smart... Oh, you don't? Opinion. No, I, I think he's great So from what we've seen so far. But... uh yeah, I I think Soderblom's the better of the two. In my eyes, I was surprised he wasn't starting cuz normally you start with your number 1, but not always. If, you know, if you're planning for a back-to-back, you kind of pick and choose who you want to go against which team. So I agree with you. you I agree uh, with the veteran thing too. Like uh, when you're the Hawks,
0: I think if you're a good team, maybe not. Yeah. But with a team like the Hawks, who it's a developmental year. I know they had a good win, and but like I think we all think it's It's kind of like a respect
1: year. thing. You got to give the veteran the nod. Yeah, it makes. Yeah, sense. I yeah. think
0: if the Hawks were pushing for the playoffs this year, they would have. It doesn't matter, you're right, you're veteran or not. But you know they probably want to be picking between seven and twelve. I think if you're picking lower than that, then the season really went bad. As long as Bedard (laughs) plays well, though it doesn't matter. But the seven to twelve range, you know, either last or second to last in the central division, because I think I think the worst teams the central's the worst division. Yeah. But the worst teams in the division aren't as bad as the worst teams in the other division. Does that make sense? I know that sounds kind of crazy. But you know, because the teams at the top of the other divisions are better than the teams at the top of the Central, minus the Avalanche and Stars. But, um, yeah, so that's my take on that. I'm pretty excited to see it, though. And then one more question. Okay. Are you a little annoyed that Drew Camesso is listed as the fourth goalie in the organization right now?
1: Yeah, who's the third?
0: Uh, Jackson Stauber.
1: Yeah, I mean, Stauber, I like Stauber, too. But me I think, too, me too. I think but. Drew Camesso's got a, a higher ceiling, so... Maybe they didn't like what they saw out of him in preseason. I mean, he wasn't great.
0: No. no. I mean, he got but... he, he did get all the B the B team C teams in front of him for the most part,
1: too, though. Yeah, that's like. true. I it's a little weird. I think Stauber's got potential too. If I had to rank him right now, I'd have kemesso over Stauber, which is why it's a little surprising he's number four, but we'll see. We'll see. I like uh I like our goaltending situation, to be honest with you. Uh, just the defense needs to improve a lot
0: yeah absolutely that makes sense Uh, I like Camesso great at BU last year and the year before um second round pick for the Hawks in 2020 um I don't know for sure I don't know if you have an opinion on this but I don't know for sure if Soderblom Camesso is the pair of the future but as of right now it's possible and I think you have to at least give it a chance
1: yeah absolutely I'd give it a chance for sure
0: you never know with goaltending you can it's have weird. you can have Ben Bishop switch three teams before he finally gets to the Lightning and becomes a Vesna look, look at Aiden Hill. Exactly. Exactly. He becomes a Stanley Cup champion on the Vegas Golden Knights and he couldn't stop a puck in Arizona. Ben Bishop was with the Senators, wasn't worth shit, gets to Tampa Bay, wins a Vesna trophy. I think he won the Vesna trophy. He was in the Stanley Cup final. He was considered to be an elite goalie year after year, got a huge contract with the Stars. Eventually, the Kings wanted to pair him with Jonathan Quick for their playoff run. I mean, you know, stuff like that happens. So, goaltending's weird, but we'll see what happens with this kind of quad that the Hawks are going to I'm I- excited. Comesso makes his NHL debut this season,
1: though. Being the fourth goalie, though, like, maybe not. I think all four. You'll see all four in action this year.
0: Okay. Okay. That's that's a good take. Because Marazic, he hasn't stayed healthy in a full season since yeah. back when he was with Detroit backing He'll up. He'll be January. injured in a week. Yeah. So maybe we will see Stauber as the backup, and then they give commesso a game. Um, using four goalies in the same season isn't ideal. But, I mean. Knights did it. <laughs> the Knights did it. The Devils two years ago had seven. Um, it's crazy. It's just absolutely it's crazy. terrible year for the Devils hated every second of that year. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited. Um, Frank, there was a game after the Chicago Blackhawks versus the Pittsburgh Penguins too. Another yeah. team pretty close to your heart. The defending Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights raised their banner against the Seattle Kraken and the Seattle Kraken, you know, they're coming into this year with some expectations. They made it to the second round last year and lost game seven of the quarterfinals yeah. to the Dallas Stars. Um Vegas, though, they kind of broke the mold a little bit, dominated on a uh, banner night. A lot of teams don't. I remember the Hawks won on a banner night once, I think, one of the times at least, the 2013 banner. They beat Washington. They kind of smoked Washington. But – um For the most part, it's like the teams kind of come out flat. The Vegas Golden Knights did not. They looked
1: good. I thought they were going to lose that game for sure. With all the emotions, I mean, there were so many emotions surrounding the game. The Vegas Golden Knights brought the Stanley Cup to the Raiders game the night before. It was like one last hurrah with the cup before they have to give the cup back. Then last night, you raised the banner in front of the, one of the loudest arenas in the NHL. You have the whole lengthy ceremony, and then they expect you to come out and play your best game. And most of the time, the team that raises the banner comes out flat, like you said, right? And, you know, they have some sort of Stanley Cup hangover, as they call it. You know, in the city where you would assume there would be the most hangover in Vegas, there was no hangover, which was a movie called The Hangover about Vegas. Yeah, it was absolutely unbelievable that they came out the way they did. They won four to one. Aiden Hill looked phenomenal. They came out right where they left off last year. They were creating exceptional scoring chances. Everything was clicking, you know. And on the other hand, you take a look at the Seattle Kraken. They looked flat. The second goal, the one that Marcia scored, should have never happened. It looked like the Kraken were, were the one with the hangover. You had a 100-point season last year. Dave Hacksaw was a nominee for Coach of the Year, and you come out very flat. It just can't happen. I understand you're playing against the Vegas Golden Knights, who are the Stanley Cup champions, but it, it just can't happen. And then on top of that, Brett Howden gets a match penalty, uh, down 3-1 to one in the third. You go on a five-minute major penalty. You know That appeared to be the momentum shift. It's like, all right, we're only down two goals. We have a chance to score on a 5 minute major where if we score the penalty's not going anywhere and in my eyes you should always aim at least you got to score one goal you have to you're getting you're what is that uh let's see You're shorthanded for what percentage of the game is that? It's like over 10% of the game. A five-minute penalty, you're shorthanded for more than a tenth of the game. You should at least aim for one goal. They didn't get any. They couldn't score on any of their other opportunities either on the power play. Not that Vegas did. Vegas went 0 for as well on the power play. But they weren't the ones trailing in the game, so they're not the ones we're talking about. Um, But, you know, Seattle started out hot. They had one of the best starts you they could have ever hoped for. And then Vegas scored on their first shot of the game. It looked like the wind was taken out of the Kraken sail, sails after that. Hats off to the Vegas Golden Knights. Hats off to Aiden Hill. He is going to be fighting for the number one role. I think he's got it as of right now. But, you know, he'll prove last night that he deserves to be the starter. And we'll see where th- things, go for, things go for both these teams moving forward. I mean, like I said, uh, we got 81 games to go to fix all these problems on both sides. But the Vegas Golden Knights didn't seem like they had a lot of problems. The Seattle Kraken looked like they're in a world of hurt. And uh, from what I saw, it scares me from the Kraken because I'm pretty sure I had the Kraken making the playoffs. And like I said, just after one game, you can't overreact. But it, they looked like they didn't even want to be out up there on the ice.
0: Yeah, tough, tough break on the second goal for the Golden Knights, too. I mean, I don't think Jonathan Marchessault so is going to score a – easier goal in his entire NHL career. I mean, it was the definition of unassisted when I think it was Tanev tried to clear it yeah. behind the net and it went off his stick um, to nothing Vegas. I mean, just absolutely crazy. Um, but I, the one thing I play I did want to highlight was the third goal scored by Ivan Barbashev. That reminded me Beautiful. of a goal that the dynasty Chicago Blackhawks would have scored. Because beautiful. Joel Quinville's system relied so heavily on the stress stretch pass and the pass that Braden McNabb made to Barbashev. Yeah, it was nice to see uh, Barbashev avoid getting his stick lifted. It took a little bit of a check to the hands. Um, I, I, like, was just stunned by the way he was able to rifle it over the goalie, but it was the stretch pass that sent him on the breakaway for me. It was beautiful. It was awesome. You know, I loved it. And, you know, Vegas, they put on a show. A lot of people were criticizing the the gombling perspective. Like, shut up. It's a slot machine. it's freaking things in Vegas. What did you expect? It was so
1: cool. That was one of the coolest openings, sir. like banner raising.
0: Yeah, I thought, I thought it was, it was so cool, cool, too. It got some hate on X, but X oh, is a Um And, you know, Seattle, you're not going to play Vegas every night, right? Like, Vegas is better than the Kraken. I don't think anybody would ever debate that, right. at least right now. But, I mean... Need to see more from them. It was a tough game, an emotional game. You had to sit there and wait for them to do their banner. I, I do think the road team could deal with some heartache on banner nights too. Absolutely. So, you know, we we'll got Exactly. It's all that
1: sitting and waiting and watching, and you have emotions that you couldn't do what they did, and
0: yeah, exactly. Um, so it should be fun to watch both teams going forward. I'm excited about Vegas. I think it's another year of them just absolutely dominating love seeing eichel throw one into the empty net because he did have a good game and i think sometimes when guys have a good game but don't score or whatever it could like weigh on them getting one into the empty net though that eichel's off and running he's on pace for 82 goals i say he does it um it's gonna be really fun to watch jack all season long but frank we had the three games yesterday is there anything else you want to rehash about any of the three
1: yeah you know i forgot that uh we have a video
0: yeah, let's talk over it.
1: So uh, I'm gonna play that for you, and uh, we'll go from there.
0: Yeah. So Connor Bedard, he you know makes his NHL debut, um, obviously with the the Road Whites. Did you hear the story uh, Luke Richardson told about he was looking for an apartment in Chicago and he got yeah. one in the same building yeah. as um, Mr. Richardson, and Bedard was worried. He told his mom. Um I don't know if we can get this one. I'm not I don't know if I'm going to make the team. And yeah. Richardson looks at his mom and goes, I think he's going to be okay. <laughs> but I watched
1: yeah. that before the show to be honest with you.
0: That's funny um but i mean very you know you see on the screen if you're listening to the audio version on apple or
1: spotify there's just some badard highlights that we're kind of talking over here i mean look at him he was hungry for the goal his shots were beautiful i mean you can't blame that none of them went in i mean he looked great i mean he wanted a goal so bad yeah and i just think that
0: um the way he shoots is so interesting it's like nothing like matthews he does that thing where he like double clutches and he like yeah. Brings his hands closer together. But Dart doesn't even look like he lifts his stick that far yeah. off the ground. And, like, he gets such torque on the shot and it goes so fast. So, I think he's going to beat a lot of goalies. Jari played well against him. He made some sick saves. Like, that one one-timer was nice. And then the one where he, like, kind of went around the defenseman and um, got it on net was really, really cool. Um, and then another thing I wanted to touch on, Korchinski, um, Wyatt Kaiser, and uh, Alex Vlasic on the blue line. I mean, three kids. Just really, really good stuff. And obviously, Lucas Reichel, he looks like an NHL player. He's a good yeah. player, too, but he's a forward. And we kind of expected that. With Korchinski making his NHL debut, yeah, the Rust goal, he was—he kind of allowed Rust to get good position to tip in the puck. But, you know, every now and then, whether you're Duncan Keith in your prime, um, Korchinski in your first career NHL game, um, Luke Hughes in your third NHL game, uh, or you know, Scott Stevens in 1998, mm-hmm. Chris Letang, a, a guy like Chris Letang is going to be able to walk around you and get oh, a yeah. nice shot off that's, defend, that's yeah, deflected. That. Yeah. So, you know, that's a Hall of Famer making a Hall of Fame type play. Brian Russ tips it in for the first goal of the game. Um, but I thought Korchinski, Wyatt Kaiser, and uh, um, Alex Vlasic all looked really good. Vlasic on the on the Donato goal. You know, picking up a nice assist also along yeah. with Bedard's first NHL goal. Vlasic, really good prospect. Not talked about as much as a Korchinski either. And, hell yeah. Love that.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, I like what I saw from Korchinski. I would assume they're not going to play him for 10 games. I wouldn't think so. Maybe. Are they going to burn his contract? Yeah. You think so? I think so. Really?
0: Yeah. I would. Interesting. When I say that, Frank, I get mad at the end of the year. Or I get mad if you're going to – uh no. Because, yeah, I, when did I get mad? Uh, I got mad at them – oh, AHL Reichel, players. Reichel, AHL right? players. Michael yeah. was in the A. That's burning an entry-level deal for no reason. Right. But they did right? Yeah, yeah, they, they did,
1: right? yeah, they did. I, I hated it. I predicted
0: that they You were. did predict it. I hated that. <laughs> um With a guy like Korczynski, it's like if you keep him – under nine, then you're sending him to Seattle, right? And you see him next year. Um, he dominated the WHL last year. The Thunderbirds were amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd keep him. That's fair. I'd keep him. You burn
1: you I'm cool they with do.
0: burning an entry level if you're gonna burn the entry level and play him. Reichel was like all this back and forth just to play him the tenth game and then send him down to Rockford for the eleventh. I was like. That was just kind of dumb, and I really, I kind of made me annoyed with Kyle Davidson at first, but Kyle Davidson is just on a mat. Yesterday he was the best night of his life. I oh, mean, he yeah. looked at all these young prospects, just looked so good, just looked so good. And the Hawks are one of the youngest teams in the league. Oliver Moore scored his first goal with Minnesota. Oh, yeah. and it was a beauty. I don't know if you saw it. I tweeted it from Puck Pros. Oh, I account. saw
1: the goal. Yeah. Oh yeah. my. Goodness, Bucci kind of dice, yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, so I mean, when they say it's a developmental year, that goes in the AHL, that goes in the NHL, that goes in junior, that goes in college, so it's just a really all around good start for the Blackhawks. Um, I'm excited about it. Oh, I can't wait for tonight's game, it's gonna be so much fun, yeah, tonight's game's gonna be rad. yeah, I think we touched on everything from the rookies to Bedard to the other yep. two games. Um, Frank, we have some other hockey conversation that we need to get to, and we are going to do so in period number two. Frank, welcome to period two. This hat is getting hot, man. I'm sure it looks hot. It's you know it's not freezing outside or anything. You're making me sweat a little bit. I know. I might have to switch. <laughs> it's a nice hat. Don't get me wrong. i it's like kind of goofy. I love um, it. yeah, I love it too but you know when it's not winter and the heat's not on in your house and you know I hear you it's that time of year where you're either kind of hot or kind of cold it's kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, but I may have to switch to a typical dad hat um, in short order just because I don't want to get this thing all sweaty or anything like that. You gotta do what you gotta do. gotta do what you gotta do, Frank. Something happened over the last handful of days that I did. not. I was stunned. <laughs> I w- <laughs> when I saw it on my phone. I was like, "Man, I really do know nothing about nothing." Like you had to think- check
1: the date to see yeah. it's not April first.
0: Yeah, you think you know shit, <laughs> and then something like this happens, and you're like, "I really don't know fuck about
1: shit." Yeah, that was like it was honestly crazy.
0: It was crazy, and it kind of changed my opinion about something too. Uh oh. Um, of course, oh, we're God. talking about the Winnipeg Wets. The Winnipeg Jets signed Connor Hellebuck and Mark Scheifele, two players who were firmly on the trade block all summer long because they only have one year left on their deal, to eight years,
1: $8.5 million. What? <laughs> it's crazy. Dude, that's $8.5 per year. Yeah. That's the, a the cap hit. It's unbelievable. They're both like, 30. Yeah, so. they're both 30. I don't think anybody had this one on their bingo cards, but nonetheless, it happened. I don't know how much this is going to help the Jets make the postseason because I still think they missed the playoffs. Um, but they no, they weren't my surprise team. But uh, but it appears they're in a win now mentality, which is weird because of what they went through this offseason. Um, you don't sign two of your star players to this long of a deal if you're not if you're rebuilding, which it's very strange because at the end of their career, both players are going to be 38 years old, and this feels like it may be the final contracts of their career, at least the final big ones of their career. But we shall see. It was very strange. I respect the move, right? You you don't want to rebuild. You don't want to let go of what you have. Like I get it. I understand, right? I had to go through it as a Hawks fan, right? but I don't agree with the move, but it it was very strange. I was like, I couldn't believe what I saw. Like you figure one of them has to go, but both to stay. That's, it's stunning.
0: Yeah, it is stunning. I firmly think they're like a pretty good team now. And the reason I didn't pick them to make the playoffs is because like, I thought both guys would be gone by like November. Like I legitimately thought they'd be traded soon. I thought Hellebuck was gone over the summer. I thought he'd be a devil or a king by literally July. And wow. it never happened. It never happened. It never happened. And like you said, I respect it. They want to try and win. They know, they know it's going to be painful going forward if they don't. So and they still have a couple pieces in place. Shifley and oh yep. uh yeah, they're both thirty. Shifley and Hellebuck still clearly want to be there. They still have Kyle, oh, yeah. Kyle Connor at twenty six years old on a team friendly deal, making seven point one million for the next three years. Now, listen, these contracts are going to be a disaster in years six, seven, and eight, I think, especially for Hellebuck. Okay. But they believe they can be a playoff team for the next four. And then if you get in the dance, as we saw with the Florida Panthers, or you know, plenty of other teams in recent NHL history, if you get in, you can win and. I don't know if I firmly all of a sudden have them in the playoffs, taking out either the Canucks or the Flames. But it's not like the Canucks or the Flames, the two teams I picked for the wild card, are like powerhouses or anything like that. Like, I think the top six in the West is firmly the top six in the West. And then there are three or four teams that could occupy those two spots. The Jets are one of them.
1: I hear you. I, I can't have them in there. Just because, like, they they went through a lot this, this offseason. They really did. I really just I don't see these two players signing for this long of a contract and a, like, change the whole thing and change the whole per- perplexion or whatever you want to say for this franchise. But it's like they barely made the postseason last year. And they lost some key pieces in the this offseason this year. So it's like, did they do enough to replace that? I don't know. I still got them out. Yeah, I probably still have them out
0: too, but like last year, they were in the lead for the Central Division in January, and then they kind of fell off towards the end, kind of re-got it back at the end and made the playoffs. Is it fair to say that they gave Vegas the hardest time? Edmonton, both gave Vegas Eh,
1: the hardest time? they, They lost in five.
0: Yeah, but I like the how many games went to overtime. Like they came back from that three goal deficit in game one.
1: Who did um, Vegas have to play? They had to play Dallas.
0: Winnipeg, it
1: was Winnipeg, Edmonton, Dallas, Florida. Uh, nah, I wouldn't say Winnipeg. I thought Winnipeg was one of the easiest to be honest with you. Well, yeah, maybe
0: when you look at it, like when you name them all, but I mean they get rid of Pierre Luc Dubois, and coming in is Alex Iafalo who is a very good player. And then they got Gabe Velarde, too, from the Kings. Obviously yeah. a pretty good player. They had Nino Niederreiter, Ryder, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers. Oh, <laughs> uh, Vladislav <laughs> Nemesnikov. Cole Perfetti's a very good young player, 21 years old, yeah. uh, top 10 pick. Um, I fell in love with him in his draft year. I kind of wanted the Devils to be consider him with their pick at seven. Um, they have Nate Schmidt. People kind of forget that Nate Schmidt's on the Jets. Neil Pionk. Um, Dylan DeMello, and obviously led by Josh Morrissey on defense. He's their best defenseman. Um, and then Connor Hellebuck's a great goalie. So, like, they have depth. They have a top player. They have a number one defenseman. They have a number one goalie, a number one center. Blake Wheeler's gone. So that's interesting. You know, the, the Jets, I I, I would have rebuilt. I, I would be a little peeved if I was on the fan base, I think. be Only because of the fact that, like, yeah, like, are they gonna win the cup? No, they came so close a couple times. Like they were in the conference finals, won a couple playoff series, but like, he, there was a point where Wheeler was a top five winger in the NHL, and Shifley and Connor were coming up and Hellebuck is always a Vesna caliber goalie, and they had defensemen like Morrissey with Dustin Bufflin and Truba, and, like, that team was the real deal in, like, 2017, 2018, and it slowly but surely started to fade away. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how it goes. They're better in the long run this year for signing them. Like, I think they'll finish higher in the stand. Like, they're firmly now, in my opinion. They're firmly the fourth-best team in the – Central Division. Now, I had two, and so did you, two, I think you had two, teams from the wild card in the West from the Pacific, five and three. Yeah. So I kind of do think, think whether the fourth best in the Central. You do? Yeah. Whether I, they make the playoffs or not. I is, think Nashville's better. I See, I don't. I can't. I
1: don't they know. weren't
0: better last year, and I don't see them being better this year. Nashville with Duchesne and Johansson gone, only replaced by O'Reilly. I hear
1: like, you.
0: I don't know. I just, I don't, I'm not high on Nashville this year. Like they disappointed the crap out of me last year. Yeah, I, I got the Jets coming in fourth in the center. Now that doesn't mean playoffs. No, I right. could absolutely see a world where only three central teams make playoffs the Wild, the Canuck, or the Avalanche, and the Stars. You know, that fourth team, Megan, and it'll depend right. on the wild card teams in the Pacific. But yeah, I would go I would go Avalanche, Stars, Wild Jets, Predators, Blues, and then argue with me on Blackhawks, Coyotes. I haven't seen the coyotes play yet. Wow. Um I think the coyotes are gonna be a little improved, but then again, so will the Hawks. Maybe the blues end up in last place. Like that really wouldn't even surprise it wouldn't me. Wouldn't surprise me. Um but yeah. Winnipeg Jets, stunning news, would have never seen that coming. No. Now, something we did see coming was a contract extension for our friend Rasmus Dahlin. Speaking of number one overall picks, the 2018 number one pick, Rasmus Dahlin, the Swedish defenseman, has turned into a superstar. He is firmly one of the best defensemen in the NHL, and he is now the second highest paid defenseman in the NHL, tied with Drew Doughty, um, only trailing, um, what's his name? drawing a blank on who's ahead of him right now is it victor hedman i think um i don't know he signed a an eight-year extension 11 schmill yeah really good contract for dolly i know we do the the one point per 10 it doesn't really apply to defensemen for me though i think i have 110 points yeah he's not gonna have 100 but he could have 100 you know in his breakout here he had like 70 80 like that that could translate he could be if he was the next defenseman to score 100 I wouldn't be all that surprised. Like, I firmly think it's either him or Kale McCarr at the highest offensive ceiling. Like, we could see Luke Hughes becoming a superstar. Quinn Hughes is amazing with assists. Uh, Quinn Hughes, he doesn't score enough goals to be a 100 point guy. I honestly think Quinn Hughes could have 80 assists this year and still not break 90 points. That's fair. Like, I just don't see 100 points in his future because of his lack of goal scoring. But, um,. I don't know. Rasmus Dahlin's a really good player, and I do think this is a good contract. How about Is you? it crazy?
1: I think it's just a little much, like just a little bit. No, I mean eleven. Like Schmil. maybe ten, nine and a half would be better. Eleven—that's that's a lot. Like that's a lot. I mean, he deserves paper like that, but it just seems like a little too much in my opinion. Does it? Does
0: it make you feel a little better knowing? Okay, so. I have their cap friendly. Actually, I'm on Winnipeg. Let me switch it to uh, freaking Buffalo. Um, so they got Skinner at nine. He had a good year last year after a couple tough years in a yeah. row. But, you know, he's a good player. Only 31, which is only. But like, you know, he's not 38. Right, right. He's not even like 33, like 31. Um, Tate Thompson is 25 years old and he makes 7.1 for the next eight starting this year. And I like that. Oh, it's amazing. That's yeah. my, that's my point. Okay. So let hear me out here. Tage Thompson had 94 points last season. He probably breaks hundred this year. He could score 50 in his sleep. I think. Yeah. 7.1 underpaid Dylan cousins. They got him at 7.1. Okay. For the next eight years. Yep. Yeah kind of an overpayment early. It's the Heischer contract. Overpay him early. We'll see what he turns into. If he's a bust, we're fucked. If he's not, we'll look like geniuses. Okay, that turned out to be a really nice contract. Victor Olofsson makes 4.7 for only this year. He needs an extension. He's going to get a raise. I see him in the 6-7 to range. He's not going to make more than Tage. Alex Tuck, three more years at 4.7. Really good contract. Casey Middlestat 2.5. Um, Oposo is probably done after this year. Zach Benson, not even a million. He's on his entry-level deal. Then you go over to the defense. Matias Samuelson makes 4.2 for the next, eight, I think, which is oh, yeah. a really good contract for the 23 year old. They added Connor Clifton. They have Eric Johnson, Yoki, Haru, 2.5. He'll probably get a little bit of a raise after the season, maybe three, four. And then Owen power will look for his extension after this upcoming season. So you got all these great team friendly contracts. The only other player that's overpaid is Jeff Skinner. And then the cap is going to go up like 5 million this off season. They're projecting if it's a million overpayment, and he does turn into that Norris trophy 100 point guy. I think there's a world where we look at it as a good contract
1: for the whole duration though. You think for the whole duration? Well, he's only it's a long contract. He's 23. Yeah. So he'll there's a... a decrease his next contract probably.
0: Yeah, <laughs> which it's it that's true. He's so he'll be 31. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so, but like Shifley and Hallebuck just got 8.5. What if, you know, Eric Carlson, he makes 11 mil. That's the highest paid defenseman in the NHL. Eric Carlson, is he? Eric
1: really? Carlson,
0: yes. Um, He just had a 100-point season. There were like 10 years between this season and his last 80-point year. Like, you know, so you never know. Just seems I, like a lot, though.
1: It is because it is like it just seems too much. Like, oh, he'll
0: be 33, he'll be 32 when it ends because this year he's still on the six million dollar contract, the 11 kicks in next year. So, yeah, it's a little much, but
1: uh, I don't know.
0: I think, I think you're I gonna know. look at it, you're gonna look at it in
1: two to three years and be
0: like, wow, he's I making might, 11. I very he's well make an 11,
1: he would get 13 on the open market right now. I very well might and I'm prepared for that. But I don't know. There's something about it now and it's like, mm. little cringe. A little cringe. Yeah, Just I a think, little bit. kill McCar's at 9 something and now we're looking
0: at it looking at it like, whoo, that, you know, after one good year they gave McCar that contract and now the Avalanche look like absolute geniuses cuz I legit think he'd get 13."
1: Yeah, like he's worth that. We'll see what what, what with Dolly and we'll see.
0: Yeah, for sure. I don't know.
1: I don't know what side of I'm on to be honest with you.
0: Top 5 U23 defenseman in the NHL.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, but he wasn't
1: in my top Was he in my top 5 when we went over defensemen? I think
0: we did 10 though. He was in mine.
1: Yeah, he might have been in my top 10, but he wasn't in my top 5. Like you're getting 11 million, you better be top 5.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see if he is at <laughs> any point in time. And it doesn't kick in till next year. So yeah. if this year he has 85 it's points true. and then 90 the year after, it's so like, well, true. Darlene's starting to kind of fit into his contract a little bit now. Um, Frank, college hockey started. You pumped? I'm very pumped.
1: I don't watch a lot of college hockey, but
0: yeah. You, you like knowing it's around? You like seeing the highlights on Twitter and all yeah, that? Occasionally. Yeah. So I've watched a little. <laughs> um, I'm like... I'm kind of just picking up where I left off last year when we were watching the Frozen Four in the garage. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Um, which we will do that again. We will have another Frozen Four party this year. Okay. But, I mean, BU's off to a tremendous start. I mean, they have Lane Hudson, and they have Macklin Celebrini, who's going to be the number one pick in next year's draft coming from the Chicago Steel. Um, there's They even have a devil's prospect, Case Fitzgerald. Um, Just an absolute stud on the blue. I I wouldn't call him a stud. He was a fourth round pick, you know, trying to make his way, but, um, he is, or this team is really good. I think when we have that party, there's a good chance they'll be playing. And then of course I wrote down a thing about Minnesota too, with Logan Cooley and, you know, leaving, and then he's kind of getting replaced a little bit by Oliver Moore sniping up the show, um, using his speed to create chances. Um, I'm excited to watch college hockey this season. Is there anything in the college hockey world that you have written down
1: or you want to talk yeah, about? Boston university has been playing great so far. Lane Hudson has been named the hockey East player of the week. He scored the OT game winner, uh, in their game against Bentley. He was also the league's player of the week, which now marks the third time in his career he's done that, and the ninth time in his career that he's won the Hockey East Weekly Award. I mean, Lane Hudson is good. He's the second-round pick by the Montreal Canadiens in the 2022 NHL entry draft. He's developing well, and it'll be great to see him when he comes to the NHL one day. I think he's going to be a a top-tier player um, based on what we're seeing so far. Montreal Canadiens are lucky that they got him. He's great. Um, when you talk about Minnesota, Minnesota looks incredible too. Uh, I'm pretty sure in the newest poll, the Gophers are now number one ranked in the country. Am I right? Knocking out. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, there's a lot to be excited for if you're a fan of college hockey. Uh, but yeah, that's all I really got for the college hockey part of the show.
0: Yep, I'm trying to find friend of the program John Buchigoss's ranking for I'm pretty this sure week,
1: warm, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, his ranking
0: doesn't always match the Oh, his the ranking. AP
1: ranking, yeah. Uh,
0: I'm trying to see his ranking cuz he's a friend of the program and I trust his college hockey opinion dearly. Um he's kind of the I would say he was at the forefront of making college hockey what it is today. You know, people didn't give a shit 10 years ago. You would hear Pierre Maguire rip off where a guy went to college um while doing a game as the inside the glass guy and you'd be like oh freaking pierre he knows where everyone pierre, went to right, college right, right. and now i'm like wait i kind of know where everyone went to college you know as far yeah, as you're one of those guys. vp like when when freaking logan cooley scores his first grandchild like "Damn me and Frankie freaking watched him play with minnesota last year at joey's surprise birthday party like oh that quinnipiac team man they took care of business against freaking Michigan, and now we're watching Luke Hughes play for the Devils. Oh yeah, you know, like Casey or Seamus Casey will be with the Devils probably at the end of this year or next year, probably.
1: Plenty of peck. Didn't they just lose to BC? No, uh, over the weekend. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But I'm saying uh, they won the Natty. No, no,
1: I know. But I'm just saying, big win by Boston College. Yeah, huge. Boston College is unreal. They, they have they jumped to BC.
0: Yeah, because BC has what's his name. The kid who went to the Sharks. They have uh Will don't Smith. They have, don't they have Will Max Smith. Celebrini too? No, that's BU. Oh, BU, okay. Uh BC has uh that kid who played the in West Philadelphia, but uh, Will Smith. Yeah, I like Will. Smith. Unreal yeah. player. He's gonna come. The Sharks are in last place. They'll probably be the worst team in the league this year. They'll have a top two pick and get either Macklin Celebrini, who's at BU right now, or they'll get this Iserman kid. Yeah. He's gonna be the number two pick who is on the United States National Development Program team right now, you know, that team that Hughes and Zegris and all them played for. He's committed to BU next year. So, like, BU, they're here to stay on our Frozen Four screens in April, I think, for the next handful of years. And they kind of went through a lull. I like when the Beanpot teams are involved, though. (laughs) Uh, When those four Beanpot teams, Harvard, Northeastern, BU, and BC. Oh, college hockey is unreal, and I want to snort it this year. I might go to a game. Go, um, which you're firmly invited, but I, I think I'm. Um, I think so. Last year you had a pick. I, last year I wanted to see fantilly yeah, like really bad, and I made it happen because he was. I knew he was going to go number two. He ended up going number three. Which right, shout out you ducks. Um, I think Leo Carlson's a good player though. Um. Connor Bedard, I I I looked, I really did my research. Connor Bedard didn't play within two thousand miles of Chicago, Illinois last year. Really, like I would have had to take a far flight to visit Connor Bedard at any point last year. Um, wow. the World Juniors were overseas. The he played in the WHL, so all his you know matchups were in Seattle, and Vancouver, and you know Calgary, and Edmonton, and you know all those Western uh, teams in the WHL. Um, Macklin Salabrini and the Boston University Terriers are playing at Notre Dame on October 21st, October 20th, and October 21st. But the 21st, we have a Halloween party. Yeah, that's on the a 20th, Friday. I kind of am th- really thinking about going to see Salabrini play. Um, I think it would be a big deal. Um, that's the closest he'll be to Illinois this season um it'd be cool so yeah it would be really cool um but frank love college hockey i'm gonna be watching it all season long um is there a team that we haven't watched yet or haven't talked about yet that you are really really excited about
1: um yeah there are actually i'm excited to see hurricanes play obviously you know i like the hurricanes but i really want to see how the Blue Jackets fare in their home opener against the Flyers. Because yeah. I ha- remember, I have them as a sleeper making the playoffs. Yeah. I,
0: so, I, my Blue Jackets jersey's coming on the show next so, week. I decided that earlier today.
1: I want to see if, like, they're opening up at home against a really bad team. I want to see if they could really put this together and see what Fantilli does. And I'm excited to see what they got. I'm also really excited to see Buffalo play. I mean, this is their chance to push for the postseason this year. There's a lot to look forward to. Um, and in general, there's a lot to look forward to with a bunch of other teams. I know next week uh, or no, in two weeks on October 24th, all 32 teams will be playing in the frozen frenzy with a new game dropping the puck every 15 minutes. That'll be really cool. So, I mean, it's it's a really cool concept. There's a lot to look forward to. And I'm just happy hockey's back.
0: Hockey is back. It is going to be unreal. I literally cannot wait for that day where all 24 teams play. Um, what what day did you say it was? the 24th it's two weeks from yesterday oh it's a tuesday that's gonna be incredible i cannot wait and i'm gonna have a pregame show to do the devils so i'm sure that'll be a a night in the parisi household i literally can't wait it's gonna be so cool um you mentioned two of the teams i was thinking buffalo and columbus so you did a good job with that they're gonna be so fun to watch and then of course you're I'll gonna hate. You, you. You're gonna hate this answer. I didn't say. Th- I'm not gonna. Okay, no, the New Jersey Devils. The, Devil? the New Jersey Devils, of course. That's my favorite team. I thought that went without saying. Wow. Well, um, never know. But the team <laughs> that I cannot wait to watch. They're not gonna be that good. But I'm gonna tweet every single goal that. Alexander Ovechkin scores this year. I can't wait to watch the Washington Capitals. It is going to be unreal theater. The Washington Capitals. They actually leave. Go. They debut tomorrow. No. Get out. They debut Friday when they play Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. I can't wait to watch Alexander the Great. Every goal, making headlines. He's this close. He's that close. He's unbelievable. He's the Great Eight. I need an Ovechkin jersey.
1: I and he's got fun. four goals at Christmas. Yeah, I, I mean, sending if you out you actually, many tweets.
0: if you actually believed that, I would have never asked you to, like, come on my show where you have to prove you know about hockey four goals. It's our show now, but when it was my show, opinions like that wouldn't have gotten you on four goals by Christmas. Get out of my <laughs> face with that. So what if
1: he does? It's a good that's a good take. You would say
0: I didn't actually think that. Holy crap. <laughs> If he had four goals on Christmas with no injury, uh-huh. you would say you'd do that sarcastic thing where you go, I told you. <laughs> but really it's like, I didn't actually think that, but like, holy shit. Well, how did I even know? Like I was right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Eh, we'll see. Yeah. Eh. Eh. I mean, watch him have four goals against, oh my God. He's going to walk. If he Pittsburgh scores four Penguins goals deep. against Pittsburgh, I'm not watching another hockey game this season. Yeah. I'm sure you're not. I'm done.
0: No, because you know how I know that's a freaking lie. Because you didn't, you kept watching hockey after Ovechkin scored a hat trick in your face you know, against your Chicago Blackhawks you know. last season. Just to get to, I think there was a milestone we were looking for him to get by that point. Because I remember it was like December. It was 11th. it was eight hundred. Oh, it was 800. That's yeah. what it was. There's no way he gets to 800 before Christmas. Bullshit. He needed three goals in the next nine games to get to 800 before Christmas. Bullshit, and he gets dude. a hat. It's not bullshit. He's got 822 so, goals. What it do you mean stupid. it's bullshit? How can you say somebody with 822 it goals It is
1: stupid. It's, it's you know because the hockey gods had it out for me. It was bullshit. They're sick and
0: tired of you disrespecting Alexander the Great. That's what's at play here. They're, they're sick and tired of it. They're saying, Frank, you have a legend a that you get to watch each and every night. Oh, and we're going to debut him against the Pittsburgh Penguins on Friday night when there's only two games in general. It's going to be sick. Cannot wait to watch the Washington Capitals. Frank,
1: I also can't wait to hear, what's your favorite hockey story of the week? I'm going to be a homer this week. Because no, frowned- do it. Because it'd be frowned upon if I didn't make my favorite hockey story of the week. Hang Connor yeah. Bedard getting his first NHL point. I really, thought an assist, I really, really thought an assist yesterday was a given. I mean, I was really hoping that the goal was coming behind it. He looked hungry for one, like I said. I do think the goal will happen before our next show. It might even happen tonight, um, which would make my favorite hockey story of next week, Bedard getting his first goal. But um, he's so talented. I've been waiting for this moment for a very long time, and everything about yesterday's game was so special to me. Like, it was a feeling I haven't had watching a Blackhawks game game in a very long time and even aaron current says like he's never been a hockey fan in his life and bedard is changing that for him like he's just he he brings the life back into this team and it's it's incredible i've had like six
0: people say that to me oh it's so what good. aaron current just said
1: yeah it's like my
0: buddy skyler huge hockey fan skyler in the chat today i haven't looked at the comments at all no
1: not yet i mean he he, he could be here but he's not chatting yeah
0: he was even texting me like I you know I want to be a better casual fan this team is so good or I, not this team is so good but like this Connor Bedard he's got all the hype I mean Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves had hype there's no doubt about it but Taves went third overall now if that draft were redone he'd probably go first or second probably first oh yeah and Patrick Kane lived up to being the number one pick but like there's a difference between being like a 1200 point guy and a you know, a winger on a championship team than being, like, a 1,500-point guy and a center on a winning team. Like, that that's the Crosbys and the McDavids and the Matthews. Like, Connor Bedard is that. I I honestly think there's a world where he's better than Taves and Kane combined.
1: I said that yesterday.
0: What, that he's better than them two combined? He will be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because, you know what? There was a point... There Was a point where Taves was better of the two, I like, of course. Yeah, I, I, I was it
1: 2016
0: from 09 to 2015. Taves was the best player on the Hawks. Didn't
1: Taves have a better year than Kane in 16? Or am I thinking, was that the year that Kane had Pat,
0: like... Patrick Kane went off in 16? That, that, that was Panarin's first year. year, that's what I'm thinking of Panarin's yeah. first year, and Kane won, the, hard won trophy. the yeah,
1: yeah, that was yeah. okay. I'm thinking, yeah, okay.
0: That's right. when Kane started to be a better player than Taves. But I firmly believe that from 09 to, um, to 15, Taves was the best player. Points are not everything. They're not. Marion Hossa had more points than Taves sometimes. So did Patrick Sharp. But, like, there might have even been a year or two where Duncan Keith had more points. Maybe. Man. But, I mean, Taves, he did everything right you know to a point and then patrick kane's offense got so much better than everybody else oh, yeah. that like you couldn't deny he was the best player on the team right. but like i don't know man
1: you i know. don't think people still realize like bedard and how good he was he's no like, people no it's the hype understand no because yeah we don't have you know unless you watch bar down if you're not a fan of hockey like you don't truly know
0: like yeah you know, He's just another really good Blackhawks player yeah. right now. Like, like with, people are with, like, "Oh fight. yeah, the
1: Hawks got the first overall pick. It's great. Like yeah. we got we got this kid Bedard."
0: Yeah, you didn't draft Caleb Williams first overall, or not Caleb Williams? Yeah, Caleb Williams.
1: Yeah, Caleb Williams.
0: But you know who might be like a generational quarterback? But nobody knows for sure. We know for sure about like when Canadian media tells you something about hockey, believe it. Because those people in Canada, the people in Letterkenny right now, they're freaking <laughs> watching Connor Bedard with the Blackhawks every night because they know what's about to happen. Oh, yeah. Probably better than people in Chicago. And that's, unless you're a diehard, which there are right. plenty of diehards, the people watching this show. I'm telling you, um, this kid is really, really good. He's fantastic. Um, my favorite hockey story of the week isn't my favorite because I'm happy about it. It's my favorite because it's really nice to see people rally around a tough situation. Um, I'm a really big fan of Barry Melrose. I've been watching Barry Melrose on my TV. I don't remember. Obviously, I don't remember him playing. I'm sure most people in the chat don't. Um, I, I don't remember him coaching either, unfortunately. I know he was the coach of the Kings. He had a stint with the Coyotes. Winnipeg, right? Winnipeg, The Lightning, right? Winnipeg's, um you know phenomenally you know well respected hockey mind in terms of playing and coaching back in the day okay well most of my i'm 28 i'll be 29 in a couple months um i don't remember that far back my barry melrose knowing life is him doing exactly what we're doing entertaining people you know using our hockey knowledge more than our brains playing the game yeah um I loved when he would have Barry's corner on Sports Center. All these people that don't know jack shit about hockey. The lower than casuals. Yeah. And they bring in Barry to talk about the game, and he's always growing the game. Him and Bucci doing the Frozen Four for all those years was one of my favorite things. That's what got me into college hockey in, like, 2000. You know, when when Jack Eichel... Was in the Frozen Four with BU, and then they had the Bean Pot and all that. That's like my first years. I I didn't become like a a sick diehard till last year, but like I was always a, a observer of college hockey at you know the playoff level. Now I'm sure. like into the regular season even. But like when Barry used to do it with Bucci, it um was fun. And it was really sad for me to learn that yesterday. Obviously, Barry Mellor's retired from ESPN because he has Parkinson's disease. Very, very nasty thing to deal with in life is Parkinson's. Terrible disease. Um, And, you know, the reason I'm saying it as my favorite story is because it does seem like on social media and all that, which social media could be disgusting. I hate it. Um, I really don't post anything other than work-related things on there. Nothing good comes from social media. Um, They... Gave really nice tributes to Barry all week long and, or all day long. And it started when Bucci announced that he was the one who announced it. And, you know, it's really sad. I hope Barry ends up being okay and he battles this thing and gets through it. Um We're big Barry Melrose fans here at Bar Down Talking Hockey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I like Barry Melrose. Remember that guy from ECC, Brandon, called me yeah. Barry? Called me Barry Melrose because the hair I had. And...
0: <laughs> yeah. You do kind of look like Barry. You're a young Barry. I mean, Switch, I, guess. I mean, When you slick your hair back.
1: Yeah, like that's what it was. It that's what it was. And it was, a li- it was a lot shorter, and I slicked it back. And he, yeah. he's like, what's up, Barry?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Barry? Who the fuck's Barry? Barry Melrose. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do kind of see it a little bit.
1: If that he was, was funny. 50. <laughs> yeah, that was funny.
0: Yeah, you're Barry. So, Barry a really good hockey conversation with you hour 14 discussing Connor Bedard and other hockey news. Um yeah, as to wrap up hockey, tomorrow the New Jersey Devils take on the Detroit Red Wings. It's their first game are of the excited? season. Frank, how excited I, are you? I've I'm usually excited for the NHL season cuz hockey's back. Yeah. That's usually my main at least at least in my adult life. When I, I was a it. kid, the Devils, you know, when I was in high school and earlier, the Devils were really good. Um, With Zach Parisi and Ilya Kovalchuk and, you know, David Clarkson and Patrick Eliash and Martin Brodeur. They were damn good. And then Parisi leaves for Minnesota. Kovalchuk retires back to the KHL. Eliash eventually retires. Brodeur eventually retires. Um, It was dark for a long time. You know, you were expecting them to lose 40, 50 games a season. And they did. Outside of the one Taylor Hall year where they squeaked in the playoffs just to get smoked by Tampa Bay. Um, you know, I haven't entered the season thinking they could win the division, win the cup, all sorts of great things. Um, in a really long time, the last time I went into a season with these types of expectations was the 2013 short season coming off the Stanley cup final loss. Cause they really only lost Parisi at that point, And they signed, you know, a couple people to try and replace that. And Broder got hurt. They ended up. I think they were the first team out of the playoffs. They missed by six points. And then from there, it became a disaster. Um, but yeah, this team NHL twenty four predicted they would win the Stanley Cup in their official sim. Yep. Um, how does that uh, make you
1: feel? That's got to feel pretty good. It does feel pretty
0: good. Now the sim probably never right, right? Like, when's the last time has the sim? I wrote. I wrote, right?
1: wrote an article about the sim on last year, so and I explained like how often it's right. It's not right that often, but there it has been, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm Wish- sure it was right one of the years the Hawks won the cup because from like 2011 on, they were always like heavy favorites and you're going to sim those years and they're probably going to win the cup one of the, like in 2013, 2015, something like that. Like the Devils are a top team, but they never like they, they really they haven't won anything with this core. So it's like for them, for EA to predict, the simulation to predict, that's a big deal. Like normally you would assume like, oh, Colorado or Vegas is going to come out of the sim. But since it's the Devils coming out of the sim, that's huge. That yeah. The sim also predicted uh, Heischer sure to win the Selkie. Heischer sure to win the Selkie,
0: Jack Hughes to win the Hart Trophy. Yep. And Jack Hughes was the league's second leading scorer. McDusty yep. got to his 153 again, I think. It's and exciting. Jack Hughes had 122 points and he you won the be stoked, I'm very excited now. Am I a little worried for tomorrow? Because you went seven and zero in preseason, and then you're going to start the first game of the season against a pretty good Detroit team. Like they're better than Detroit, and even if they lose five nothing tomorrow, that won't. First game is always tough, though. VP. It's hard. I'm I know you got to get that first win. Yeah, exactly. So I had so. a feeling
1: the Hawks would beat the Penguins yesterday because it's tough.
0: Yeah, well, now the freaking Hawks just have to have a mansion the size of Pluto inside Pittsburgh. <laughs> I mean, between Buddy fucking Robinson, <laughs> between Buddy fucking Robinson ending their season last year, and then coming into this year, they have to play him again just for Connor Bedard's first career NHL assist to lead to a four straight goal, two goal comeback. Choke
1: a two goal lead. Yeah.
0: Do you know last oh. year though? The Hawks were shit last year, right? Yeah. Way worse than they are this year. Even. I saw
1: the stat you're gonna say.
0: They had Eight multi-goal comebacks last
1: season. The only team that had more than that, the New Jersey Devils. And the uh, the Penguins had 12 games where they choked a multiple goal deficit. That's only crazy. team to do that worse than them was San Jose with 14. That's crazy. Crazy. It really is.
0: Yep. Well, I'm excited for the Devils. It's going to be a great year. Um, and I encourage everyone to watch the let's go devils podcast all season long tonight. They're going to have bill Spaulding, the devil's announcer oh, on the cool. show, um, which cool. we're going to try and get him to, um, but, and then I'll be part of the pregame show all season long. Cool. Um, so half hour or half hour to an hour before every devil's game, that's the de- deal this year. So make sure you're always tuning in to all of our stuff. Um, Frank, we're going to switch gears a little bit, and we are going to do so in period number three.
1: Frank. What's up, VP? Football! Are you excited? I'm excited. The Chicago Bears finally won. What do you think? I, I think the commanders are worse than I expected. I, I got to go on record to say that the the Bears outplayed them. Simple as that. They scored forty points. I don't know if the Commanders just figured that they had an easy win lined up, so they didn't have to prepare as hard. But they got their asses handed to them. I mean, I still want the Bears to draft uh, Caleb Williams by by no all means, or by no means does this win make me be like, oh, I'm in on Fields. I want them to draft Caleb Williams. And you know, the Panthers don't look like they'll be winning a game anytime soon. So there's hope there. But wow. Bears' dominant win on the road. Really wouldn't have saw this one coming. Commanders' disappointment. Really are sad.
0: Major disappointment for the Commanders. Um, They stink. Um, Yeah,
1: it's a shame.
0: They really – but I'm not sure they're going to stink all year long. I just – I don't know what's going on with them right now. But I do think – this is not a good loss for them, right? Like they gave the Chicago Bears the win, the first win in 14 tries. They almost made it yeah. a full calendar year without a win. Um, the funny thing is I gave fantasy uh, advice to Katie, pick up Sam Hall against the Bears because Burrow had a tough you know couple weeks there. And Burrow had a good week. They had Bengals won and all that. it was good. Yeah, and Howell still had more points than him. Wow. So it was a good advice. The Bears, you know, they allowed Hall to, you know, have an okay game. And it kind of looked for a minute like they're all, oh, here we go again. Another I comeback. I thought the Bears were
1: going to choke. Really, I really did.
0: I did too. I really did too. But they didn't. And, you know, it ended up working out in their favor. I was happy to see him win. And guess what? Justin Fields, he's looked good the last two weeks. I'm not saying I'm fully in on him either. But if he plays like this for the next 10 games, I will be. You know, like – you, they players do turn a corner sometimes yeah. if you give them enough time and i do think it would be ideal for fields to look this good the rest of the season and then you don't have to waste one of your top five picks uh, or top 10 picks on a quarterback you can draft you know this tight end i'm hearing a lot about from what's it called and then marvin harrison jr from ohio state um, or you can add an edge rusher or an offensive lineman or you know something else with that pick. So, again, I, I've said many mean things about Justin Fields in terms of football. I like Justin Fields the person. I've said many mean things about his play, but they were all accurate. The yeah. last two weeks he's played very well, though. If that continues, then it's going to be hard to, like, you know. Uh, the Bears are in a hard spot right now, and these
1: next games are very important. Make no mistake about it. Absolutely. Uh, I still think they're going to stink. They, they still might not get more than three or four wins, but... I agree. Big win, but big win. Big win. Who do they play? Oh, oh they play the Vikings this week.
0: The Vikings. The, Vikings. the Justin Jefferson-less Vikings. Yeah. So, kind of
1: sucks, because I have them in our sleeper league, but... Yeah. It we'll does.
0: Live. I mean, that's a huge transaction in um, football. But, hey, Frank, I know you don't want to uh, talk about this. No, I don't. But too bad for you. Um, I let you run your mouth about the Bills the last handful of weeks. Rightfully so. They've been the best team in the AFC this season. I'm not I really I still kind of think that. <sighs> but they now have the same record as the Jacksonville Jaguars, who kinda
1: stomped on their throats in London. What are your thoughts? They outplayed the Bills, the Jaguars. Congrats to the Jaguars. <clears throat> Gotta give it up for them, right? I do think the Jaguars did have an advantage of staying in London all week. Or yep. the Bills had to travel on a long plane ride to get to London and prepare for the game on not as long as a notice. But nonetheless, the Jaguars played good. Jaguars should just move to freaking out of Florida and move to London so they could play there all the time. It's like they're home away from home. It is. I mean, they feel very comfortable there. The Jaguars, they, I mean, they got the team to do the damage. The question is, is the damage going to come this season? I could see it. They're, they're playing uh, the... Quarterbackless Colts this week, Richardson's out. So they're home against the Colts. Um, it'll be interesting. I do think the Jaguars got a very talented team. Um, I had them making the postseason, and I all credit to them. They, they beat one of the hottest teams in the league. So very, very nice win by the Jaguars.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm happy about it. They're three and two slow yeah. start. I mean, and you think about their two losses, the Texans and CJ Stroud has been unreal. Um, kind of a tough game last week for the first time in his career. but he's been unreal. There's no yep. doubt. And the Jaguars have struggled against Houston in history. And then the chiefs, like, and the chiefs can beat anybody at any time. yeah. So, like, Am I that really disappointed with the 3-2 and two start for the Jaguars? No, they need to continue and go on a little bit of a run here now and yeah. win the AFC South and start to pull away, especially with the quarterback issues that the Colts are having. And I don't think the Tennessee Titans are any good, and I don't think the Houston Texans are any good. So this is the Jaguars' time to shine. I was very happy with the win, though, very happy. Make sure you read
1: com. Very, very good win by the Jaguars. Very impressive, too, because I, I thought the Bills were going to come back at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and you know what?
0: Good on the Jaguars. The Bills made it close, and we saw it was a
1: character win for them in London. Yeah, and now they finally really.
0: get to come home and play that Colts team.
1: And I'm happy the Bills are home against the Giants.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, they should kill the Giants. I mean, that one might not be close. Yeah. D- Daniel Trubisky's not having a good year at all. No. Um, Did you watch Monday Night Football between the Green Bay Packers and the
1: uh, Las Vegas Raiders? What of did you think? Did. I think the Packers are overrated. Uh, Oh, yeah. They're one of the most overrated teams in the NFL right now. After they were 2-0, everybody on social media was saying, "Uh uh-oh, is this the same thing? We're going to see what happened to Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. Uh, Jordan Love stinks. Let me get that clear. Let me make that very, very clear. He stinks. He's overrated. If you're really good as you say you are, you got to beat the Raiders, who have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. The week previous, Khalil Mack had six sacks by himself against his Raiders offensive line. Um, I mean, give me a break. It's ridiculous. I'm tired of hearing about the Packers. Good for the Lions. I'm pulling for them to win the division because it ain't going to be the Bears. It's not going to be the, the Vikings, and it's not going to be the, the Packers. So. Oh, I think
0: it's a lock at this point. What yeah. are they to
1: win the division now, minus 450? A billion or something. I don't know. It should yeah,
0: be. I'd be stunned if they don't win. If they don't win the division, they're never going to ever be a winning player. Oh yeah. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Like, they're straight up cursed if they don't win the division, I think. The Packers stink. I loved watching Max Crosby play. He's so good.
1: He was on my top defensive list. I don't know if he was on yours. No,
0: I I honestly think I left him off, and what a dummy I am. Ah, he's so good. What a complete miss by me. He's and you know what's crazy about him? He has like the skills of JJ What and (laughs) or TJ What and you know Nick Bosa and all them. Yeah.
1: But his motor. That guy's always playing. He's a hothead. He, hot head, stop. he is a hothead. You got to be weird, worried about his temper. He if takes you took bad if you t- personal fouls. And- I'm
0: sure he does. But if you took that away from him, if you cooled him down, he wouldn't be as good.
1: That's true. He That's would his it- fire. That's his yeah. fire. But you some just people don't want a dumb that. penalty to ruin a game or lose a Super okay. Bowl or something like that. You yeah. know what I
0: mean? Yeah, I do think that could be cleaned up. That could, but it, it was cleaned up against Green Bay.
1: Yeah.
0: What so a dude. Good. What a dude. We saw I know the Penguins lost, but, like, Crosby scored. He had a good game. And then this dude, Max Crosby, really, really – we're just watching Crosby's dominate the sports landscape lately. I mean, yeah, unreal. Did Max Crosby go to Oregon? I have no clue. I'm pretty sure he went to you Oregon. You want me to look it up? I got you. Because I'm pretty sure there was a point where – I have no idea, to be honest with you. I'm pretty sure it's Oregon. Um. Give me a sec. Oh, no. He went to Eastern Michigan. Really? Oh, he's a Mac boy. Mac. Wow. Frank, I'm going to see some Mac this weekend. Who do they play? The Northern Illinois Huskies um, are getting ready for their homecoming game against Ohio. Cool. Can't wait. Hopefully they win.
1: Are they a favorite? Uh, probably not. <laughs> are they Let's that see. bad? They're two and four is Ohio that much better?
0: The uh, Ohio's 5 and 1. They're probably the favorite. They're to... probably dogs. They're probably the favorite. Well, they're Huskies, so yeah, they're dogs.
1: <laughs> um,
0: Ohio's probably the favorite <laughs> expect... to win the MAC right now. Really? Yeah. So uh... we will see how that all goes. But you know what, Frank? It still pisses me off that they they just had such a letdown game against Eastern Illinois in week 2.
1: Yeah, that was
0: they, tough. They beat freaking Boston College in Boston.
1: Ohio's only a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. It's not bad. Okay. It's not bad. Yeah, it's not
0: bad at all. So we'll see what happens, but I'm pumped about it. Uh, Tailgating, big weekend at NIU. I'm super pumped. Um, Is there any other football storylines that you're kind of getting excited about right now? This Our first show, with hockey being here, is interesting because we only had three games to talk about. Yeah. Not much news still. So it's like off season plus three games. I feel like it went by fast. We haven't even been on air for our typical whole last time. And I, I know we still got some more show left, but I mean a minute and a half or an hour and a half in. Minute and a half. That's a quick show. That's a quick show. A <laughs> little teaser there. Um, but yeah, Frank, what other football storylines are you looking at?
1: Uh Steelers got a big win against the Ravens. <laughs> Did
0: Steelers they win. ever? It looked they like win. Big Ten football. Yeah. Punt, three and out, punt, <laughs> three and out, field goal. Punt, three and out, field goal. Three and
1: out, uh, three and out, three and out. Punt, punt, punt. A lot of injuries happening this yep. NFL season. Uh Devon Arcane, Akan, Akan, um, gonna a con, a cane. going
0: to miss multiple weeks. A-Chain.
1: A-Chain. A- he's going to miss multiple weeks with a knee injury. Jefferson's on IR, at least going to miss four weeks. James Conner was placed on IR. You know, Nick Chubb, like – got demolished out there. So, I mean, there's a lot of injuries in this early portion of the season. Cowboys are making dumb statements on how they aren't going to let this loss get to them and that Jerry Jones and Dak could still take them uh, to a Super Bowl and win. I get what he means, but you can win a a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott, but the team needs a lot of help, and he's not going to.
0: And they lost Diggs. Talk to me when you win a
1: big game, uh, Jerry. Trayvon Diggs
0: getting hurt.
1: It's not going to happen.
0: Cooked their defense. I know they have Micah Parsons, but – so. And Michael Parsons is right there with the Crosbys and the Mikosas oh, and all that. He was that. on
1: my top ten, I think, as well.
0: Yeah, but I mean, without Stephon D- or not Stephon Diggs, the other Diggs, I just sorry said his Jerry, name. yeah, not winning. tough for Jerry. Um, I do think they make playoffs. They're in the seventh seed if the season ended today.
1: I hope they don't.
0: Um, I'm looking at the other teams around them in the standings and I see teams like the Saints and the Commanders and like all these teams that just don't drive it home for me the way that the Cowboys do. Because the Cowboys do have stars on both sides of the yeah. ball. And I do I do think they end up getting in, but they're certainly not winning the division. It's that really belongs a- that belongs to the big bad Philadelphia Eagles. Is this gonna be the first repeat in forever? but in a long time. Like twenty years. Been a long ridiculous. Time. I predicted that, though. The Eagles That's are so crazy.
1: good. Yeah. The
0: Eagles are so good. Um, I like the way the 49ers are playing. If I hear more Brock Purdy, this was, like, what a kind of moron do you have to be? He's so to, good. Just I said because that he's at the mystery relevant.
1: Year,
0: you did. You did. I said,
1: I, I, I think he's going to be the starter. And you kind of were like, really? You really think that? I, he's pretty good? I didn't deny it. I just wasn't sure. Dude, Dad, Trey
0: Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, Like, Brock Purdy, like, it wasn't a lock for me that he was just going to come back in and get the job back after getting hurt and five plays into the end. I hear you. But they traded Trey Lance. Yeah. He has not lost a game he started and finished. He hasn't lost a game that he started and played longer than two plays. Didn't he break his elbow on, like, the third play of the game or something like that?
1: I don't remember. It could have been. I think it was early. It was very early. It was
0: very early. And – Christian McCaffrey hasn't lost a regular season game with the 49ers either.
1: It's unbelievable.
0: Um, they're definitely the Super Bowl favorites as yeah. we stand right now. Um, I'm not. That doesn't mean they'll win it. That doesn't even mean they'll make it there. But I definitely am starting to lean that they will. Because um, as odd as it sounds, this is going to sound crazy, actually. I don't think they've played their best football even yet. I think there's another level that they can get. Do you to.
1: think so? Oh yeah. Who do they play this week? Let's see. I
0: actually have no idea. Let's find out. We can find out in three, two, one. They play the Cleveland Browns. That should be fairly easy. Yeah, they'll take care of the Browns. Then they got the Vikings. Then the Bengals. Now we'll see if the Bengals have it figured out by then. If they do, that's a tough game. If they I wouldn't don't, be shocked
1: if the Bengals won. Me either. Me either.
0: Even the Jaguars, I, I
1: they got to play the Jaguars in Jacksonville. You never know.
0: Abs- I'm not out on the Bengals yet. They're two and three. I am not out on the Bengals at all. Joe, and is- Philly could be one of their toughest games of the year. Dude, that game. Ooh, that's December third. That might be like that game will decide
1: who will be number, number one in the seat. NFC. Oh yeah, probably. That probably late in the year. That's like uh...
0: December third. Ooh, that's that's a Sunday we hang out. I think December third. Yeah. It's just just specifically don't care about any other matchup other That's than crazy. Eagles 49ers that day, I think.
1: Why is it I on in three?
0: Ew. It's probably America's game of the week.
1: Ew. Make it prime time. Seven o'clock. Oh. Ew. Uh
0: what week is it though? Cause uh Could six, seven, it? eight, nine, ten, eleven yeah, it, it's flex eligible.
1: What is it? What what week is it? It's
0: either twelve or thirteen. I didn't conclude if they had the buy by then or not.
1: Ew, it's thirteen. That's gross. But it's six twenty five I mean, though. It's six, they're care. not they're not going to flex
0: out of it. It's three twenty five because the three twenty five game. Frank, I know that ew, but like that's going to be that's probably the NFL's biggest money maker is the three twenty five game of the you week. We'd
1: rather see Chiefs Packers Sunday night. No,
0: <laughs> but I'm telling you what they think.
1: The Monday game that, that the
0: game the game that Buck and Aikman call at 325 every week is what the NFL considers to be either the best or second best game of the week.
1: I'd be stunned if it's not flexed. That that's unbelievable. Then
0: then they might move the Chiefs. What and if Packers. they're both
1: undefeated? You have the two both undefeated teams going for the number one seed and you're not gonna move it. There's absolutely a chance they flex
0: it. But I'm telling you right now, as it stands, it's planned to be the game of the week. Although you're right, I do think Sunday Night Football definitely drives in more ratings than nobody the, wants to see the,
1: the ass Packers. who will probably be like three and ten by that time.
0: Yeah. And it's I said Buck and Aikman. It's not Buck and Aikman anymore. It's someone else in Aikman. Who is it with Aikman? Joe Buck. Is it Buck still with Aik? I don't think it is. He, he does.
1: Yeah, well, he still announces with Aikman a lot.
0: I thought he doesn't do football anymore. Joe Buck? Or no, he doesn't do baseball really. Anymore. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say Joe. Buck. Yeah,
0: no, it's Buck and Aikman at three twenty-five every Sunday. Then, yeah. So okay, it'll either be that that game or at night. Either way, it'll be a game that is on our TVs. Lie. Yeah,
1: with you. Probably. Yeah,
0: for sure. No, for sure. December third. Well, I I think I think we kind of have a reason to be together that day too. I think we have a typical Christmas brunch that day that we go to every year.
1: No, I'm that's pretty not sure. the third. That's I thought the, it was. Is it the third? I think uh, it is. I won't be there then because that's our. We have our tree decorating. Frank, damn it! It better be flex tonight then.
0: Will that change things? No, I don't know because it no. Bailin Frank, Balen Frank. Flex it to doesn't Thursday. Doesn't want to watch. Flex it, it to Thursday. Would rather would rather turn on some Christmas trees than watch. We, we don't need to see and Cowboys.
1: <laughs> I don't wanna see that. I'd rather put the game on Thursday.
0: Yeah. Well the Thursday Start the game, week off
1: with a bang.
0: The Thursday night game always kinda of sucks. I know that they had a good run to start this year, but kind of on a little bit of a dull this uh no, the Chiefs are gonna kill the Broncos tomorrow. They're gonna destroy them. Um, but yeah. Um I think I think football's in a good spot. College football, Frank, the Red River rivalry. We got to touch on that really quick. The Red River rivalry between the Texas Longhorns and the Oklahoma Sooners. Did you catch any of that game? Oh yeah. I watched the beginning and the end. And overtime. Oh, or not overtime, like the end there, where they were like kind of exchanging oh, yeah. touchdowns and whatnot. What a what a team OU is right now. Oh, OU. Oh you. oh you and I love that when they play the longhorns, they just throw the horns upside down. Fuck you, longhorns. <laughs> Although I kind of like I don't know who I was rooting for because I like Oklahoma and Texas. And when they're in the SEC, I, think I, can't I was wait. rooting
1: for Texas. Quinn Ewers. Yep. I like Quinn him. Yep. I like him a lot actually.
0: Yeah, you know who his backup is, right? Who? Arch Manning. Is it really? Yeah. Uh Peyton and Eli have an older brother named Arch. And um, or no, I'm wrong. Their dad's name is Arch. Archie. Yeah. He played in the NFL as a quarterback. Their, old, that. their oldest brother, Cooper, was a wide receiver, and he got really hurt in college, and he never played in the NFL as a result. But his son, Archie Manning, he is the nephew of Peyton and Eli. He is a possibility to be like a number one pick in the nfl wow. draft in coming years really um he's the backup at texas right now though so i don't know how that's going to impact you know his draft stock or his playing time but we'll see what happens with ewers um he didn't win the starting job over him but i don't think he ever had a chance to win the starting job over. Ewers him. is good and who knows if manning hits the transfer portal
1: yeah, if, that, that's always Depending a on what happens, yeah. Like a very like, good possibility. Yeah, like
0: when Justin Fields wasn't going to play over Jake Fromm in Georgia, he goes to Ohio State, and that causes Joe Burrow to leave and go to LSU. All all these things so, so, sort of happen, so, um, yeah.
1: yeah. Kentucky went to Georgia, that was fun.
0: Yeah, it was. Very fun. Um, Notre Jordan Dame.
1: Repeat? Uh, that's I tough. think so. That's tough. Everybody's Nobody's sleeping ever on it. them. No, ever done it.
0: I know everybody's sleeping on them, though. You know, I, I'm seeing them ranked second, third on some people's lists. And I'm like, the two-time defending national champions just played their best game of the season. Yep. And we're dropping them in the stand. You think Ohio State, the team that needed 10 Notre Dame players on the field in order to win there? <laughs> like, you think they're better than Georgia? Get out of here with your SEC hate. The SEC is oh, king. The SEC is king. Is it Oregon, USC? Oregon's eight. Oh, Penn they got State's Oregon. At six.
1: Eight. I can't find who's five.
0: Um, five
1: doesn't play this week, or what?
0: Oh, it could be a bye. Um,
1: it shouldn't be as hard as it is to find as it is.
0: Oh, Georgia's one. Florida State's four. Michigan's two. I can't
1: find five. Oh, whoever, oh, I got it. I got it.
0: Whoever it is is on a buy. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, yeah.
1: Yeah, they're on a buy. That was a big win. They said, like, the winner of that game between Texas and Oklahoma would have, like, a 70-something percent chance of making the college football playoff. And now Texas is just, like, in the yeah.
0: I don't know if I agree with that percentage. Because I think whoever wins the Big 12 gets in the college football playoff. So if they play each other in the Big 12 championship and Texas wins, at that point you just got to say it's a 50% chance. Because if Oklahoma wins out and gets to the Pac-12 championship game undefeated and Texas wins out and they get to the championship game with one loss and they beat Oklahoma, Texas is in. Interesting. I I do believe that. But if Oklahoma beats them
1: again, obviously. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, If they have an undefeated Big 12 championship season, they
1: they might be number one. (laughs) We'll see. They got a good team. They proved that
0: this week. Yeah. They did, and their defense is good after being a
1: stink show last year. Dude, their over-unders were always in, like, the 70s. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Because the defense
1: was terrible, and they would air the ball out.
0: Yeah, they score a shit ton of points, and they're the Miami Dolphins of college football. Um, but I mean, yeah, we'll see. College football heating up, though. We're going to start having our Tuesday night ranking shows oh. on ESPN and all that. Like when you sit there and you watch, oh. it and, whose logo's gonna pop oh. up next? I love it, me too. It's like crack. What it is that? literally is. Not it for probably a while, starts right? a few more soon. weeks. Let a me few see. More, right? College At least three, I would assume.
1: Football definitely not before November. Playoff rankings. I always thought it like started in November, because they don't start it too early.
0: No. Um, uh, oh, the first one. Oh, we'll probably be together. Halloween. Really. October thirty first. That's a Tuesday. Twenty days away.
1: It is a Tuesday.
0: Yep. Twenty days away.
1: Uh, like three weeks. Yeah, it's about three weeks.
0: Yep. Good call. Good call. Cannot wait. Absolutely of They usually wait.
1: start at like week seven or eight. So yeah,
0: mm-hmm. that makes sense. Cool. All right, Frank. What a good show. Talking hockey, talking foosball.
1: A lot of fun. Um,
0: uh, any thoughts on the baseball
1: playoffs? The
0: Baltimore Orioles
1: swept the Orioles, who weren't swept in a series in like ninety something series. Yeah. And for I'm those saying. of you,
0: for those of you who are looking for some baseball chatter, tomorrow at one p.m. Not two um frank you can put up the graphic and we'll just tell people one o'clock not two o'clock central yeah, standard time gotta, gotta um is going to be a heavily uh texas ranger themed episode of crosstown crosstalk um we have a guest from locked on rangers coming on to talk about the Texas Rangers. Of course, I'll talk about the Atlanta Braves and the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros and the Minnesota Twins and all those guys. But the Texas Rangers, they swept the Baltimore Orioles, who have not been swept at any point in 2023. This and is
1: the dating first back time. to last season, yeah, too.
0: Yeah, May of 2022 Whew. is the last time the Baltimore Orioles were swept. Um, good on them. I mean, it was a great year, but they need they need to have a good offseason.
1: Otherwise, they're going to be the White Sox.
0: I do believe that. I have a good
1: offseason, Baltimore. I do think the Rangers have the chance to upset the Astros because I do think the Astros are going to come out of the series today with a win and advance. I think the Rangers beat them. I really do. I think the Rangers could win the World Series in all honesty. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, It's a hot take, though. Kind of. Given the Braves are left, the Astros. The Rangers, Who's who's left? We got Braves, Phillies. Braves and Phillies are tied at one. I'd have to say Astros are... Rangers would have the worst odds out of all of them. Like on Not right now, because obviously they're already in the ALCS and like the Phillies aren't. So obviously, yeah. the Rangers are, but I mean like when the ALCS days, start, when the CS start, they'll be fourth out of four. I would assume so. I really would. I the probably Astros, agree. The Astros would be the, obviously the favorite if they made it because of the reigning world series champs, all their playoff experience. The Braves, if they make it, they're not going to be more favored than the Braves. And who no. would be the who, who are the, other the, are uh, yeah, the The
0: Diamondbacks
1: are two nothing on the Dodgers. The Diamondbacks might be less of a favorite, actually. Yeah. But if the Dodgers
0: made it, I'm sick and tired of people disrespecting the Diamondbacks. Though, same thing with the Rangers. They're damn good.
1: They are. They're impressing me a lot. I mean, Clayton Kershaw is a bad postseason game. I mean, he he just wouldn't make the roster at this point. Yeah. So, like. Finn, he's bad. In I the know. Oh, I know. This is ba- Like, it's not even like, all right, maybe next year he'll sit. See- I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like Honestly, I respect him. Great pitcher. Hall he's of probably a top pitcher. five
0: pitcher of all Hall- time.
1: Hall of Fame pitcher. You're not pitching in the playoffs. I'm just, I- I'm sorry. Maybe yeah. we'll, we'll wean you in as a relief pitcher.
0: Yeah, no, I but, would.
1: But you're not, you're not starting. You can't. They're in you a can't. hole. Is you it 2-0? Can't.
0: If anything, a 3-0. Or, yeah, 2-0. If anything, you can't. You can't be anything other than an opener.
1: Like if, two innings.
0: Yeah, I he agree. He might not
1: even make it that far. I agree.
0: <laughs> I, I wouldn't even start him because then you're down 2-3-0. You nothing. Yeah, 5th fifth, fifth inning middle relief appearance, maybe.
1: I don't understand if it's a, a mindset or, or what's going on.
0: Well, he was good in 2020, and then the Red Sox killed him in 2018, and the Astros killed him in 2017 while cheating. So, like – People are going to give Kershaw a pass for 2017, and then the Red Sox were the greatest MLB team of all time in 2018. 2020, they won the World Series, but lately, it's hard to actually give Kershaw credit for his postseason. I mean, I legitimately think top five regular season pitcher of all time.
1: And he might be a top five worst postseason pitcher of all time.
0: Yeah, like Madison (laughs) Bumgarner or uh, Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs. Remember when Madison Bumgarner was dominant in the playoffs? Oh with yeah, the Giants? of course. Give me Madison Bumgarner in the playoffs over Chris Sale.
1: Pictures I rather have Chris
0: Sale or uh, Clayton I Kershaw in the so. playoffs without hesitation. Absolutely. Verlander, unless it's the World Series or um, Kershaw in the playoffs.
1: Absolutely, give
0: me Justin Verlander. No, no he's, hesitation.
1: He's awful, and I don't understand it. I really don't.
0: I agree. I agree. So, more of that tomorrow on Crosstown Crosstalk. We'll be talking a lot of Texas Rangers, but we'll go over every other series as well. Frank, I think it is time that we get to America's favorite podcast segment of the week Breaking (laughs) Nuts. Frank, where's my money, bitch? All right. Make so here's me some money this weekend using sports ball.
1: Here's the deal. All right. I'm going to show you. Listen, we're under 50%. I'm going to I'm going to keep track of no. Nah, I'm going to keep track of the win losses all season. But we're going to do something different starting today. Because this is like the start of the hockey season. I am also going to keep track of we're going to do like unit size betting and I'm going to keep track of the profits. Because some the numbers are skewed. If I Like, with my bets today, the numbers will be skewed. If I go, like, I have five picks, but a couple are props with big odds. They're skewed. But if one wins and I go one for four, I might come out ahead. Which is, that's all that matters in betting, is if you come out ahead. I don't care if I'm 55%. If I'm 40- I couldn't If
0: agree with this more. I don't know if, if you I'm- thought I was going to push back. I, I'm going to make fun of you a little bit for your record, because it's funny to make fun of you about anything I can. But...
1: No, I couldn't agree with you because most. let me tell you, I took the Hawks yesterday, plus 200, plus two, they were plus 210. That alone makes up for anything, all, all the other losses. Yeah. For the day.
0: if you went one and four, but you won on the one with the worst odds and you had the most money on that, yeah, so we're gonna, sign me up for that. Any we're, gonna,
1: day. we're gonna do things a little differently. I was gonna wait till the new year, but then my picks today is like, well, I very could well go one and five and look terrible. My win-loss will be skewed, but I could come out ahead. So here's what and By I... the
0: new year, Frank, and then I'll... Go by ahead. the new year, you can, like,
1: you could still do it. You could start from scratch yeah. in the new year. Right, right. So here's what we're going to do. I got five picks today. A uh, couple of them. Actually, every single one of my picks today is plus, which is why I want to do this new system. We're starting off. I got three separate bets for the Blackhawks game tonight. We got the Blackhawks at the Bruins. First of all, I like the Blackhawks' money line at plus 270. I said all year, the entire offseason, that I'd be taking the Hawks against Pittsburgh and the Bruins no matter what because simply it's the first game of the season. It's a Bruins' home opener, Penguins' home opener. There's good value there. There's no reason the odds should be what they are. The Blackhawks' money line, plus 270. Bruins shouldn't be a minus 340 favorite. It's the first game of the season. If the Bla- Even if the Blackhawks lose tonight, it's just too much value to pass up in this situation. This is a way different Bruins team. I like the Bruins uh, plus 270. If I was, you know, to give my insight, I'd probably put a unit on there. And for people watching who aren't familiar with betting, one unit is if you want to do $10 bets, then one unit would be $10. If you're a high roller, like to do $100 bets, then one unit would be um, $100 bets. So whatever your one unit is, i put a unit on it. Just one unit. Okay, that's what I got there. And we're going to keep track for next week to see our profit. So, all right. So one unit would win 2.7 units because the money line's 70. You get it, right, VP? No, yeah, absolutely. So, so right. So if that wins, we're up plus 2.7 units. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to put one unit on that. Second bet, I like the Hawks plus one and a half as well. Cover your ass a little bit because it's plus 110. I like that as well. And I would also probably, on this one, I'd go a unit and a half. We'll go a unit and a half with the uh, the Blackhawks plus one and a half. Great value. You're getting a goal and a half and they're still plus. I like that. We'll go with that. Unit and a half on the Blackhawks and Bruins at plus 110. This, to me, is just disrespectful because of what the odds were on it yesterday. I like Bedard to score a goal tonight at plus 235. Yesterday, it was plus 175. Plus 235 today. Give me a break. He's going to get it sooner rather than later. If I got to ride it all year until he gets it, it's going to happen sooner rather than later. And plus 235, I'd put also probably one unit. One unit on Bedard to score a goal tonight at plus 235. So those are my three hockey picks for you. We got a unit on the Hawks, a unit on Bedard to score a goal, unit and a half on Blackhawks, plus one and a half at plus 110. Switch over to football because we did hit our football parlay last week. I like like the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Lions parlayed at plus 134. Jaguars are heating up, playing a Colts team that'll be without their starting quarterback, Richardson. I like the Jaguars to continue off their big win against the Bills and hopefully not have a letdown game after a big win. The Lions go to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. This is Tampa Bay's first major test. The Bucks are three and one. They can make a statement here with a win. However, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Lions will be too strong, and the true colors of the Bucks will come out. Jaguars Lions Parlay plus one thirty four. We'll go. We'll go two units on this. Two units, and I like two units on this next game as well. We got the Astros at the Twins. I can't forget about playoff baseball. Uh, your Quady and Joe Ryan go at it today. Astros are bound to win the series. And advance to the ALCS to play the Texas Rangers. The this Astros lineup is so deadly up and down. They dismantled Sonny Gray yesterday, who had such a great year. I love being able to take the Astros in a playoff game at plus money at any time, especially against playoff teams that really aren't used to the postseason, like the Twins, who just got their who just got their first uh playoff series win in I who knows how long. I love the Astros to close out the series and not make it to a game five Astros money line plus one Oh five, put two units on it. I like it. We'll see what happens when we talk next week, but we hit two of these big bets We're we're rolling.
0: We're rolling, 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 rolling. Frank, good shit. That's probably the most extensive, well-explained breaking bet segment you've done. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, so, you know, you could either ride with Frankie or you can fade him if you think he's a complete moran. I think he's really smart, so you should follow him. But we'll see what happens. We'll see uh, if you can make some money. I'm excited to see, we'll see if that's the case. And, of course, we got plenty of hockey. I do think it's funny. Uh, the schedule is interesting this week with hockey because I'm looking and you got, okay, you have a bunch of Canadian teams playing each other. You have the Senators making a visit to the Hurricane, so that's the only um, international game tonight. But the Habs play the Maple Leafs. That's normally how those two teams open up the season. Um, I remember Austin Matthews' NHL debut with the Leafs came against the Senators instead of the Habs, and it was like a big deal that they weren't playing the Habs in their opener. Um, But the Hawks play the Bruins and Avalanche play the Kings. That's it in the American slate. But the Winnipeg Wets are going to face – the um, Calgary Flames, which, God, I can't wait to see how that goes. And then the Edmonton Oilers visiting Quinn Hughes and the Vancouver Canucks. You know, so we've got some 9 o'clock games. we got some 6 o'clock games. It's going to be great. The return of TNT tonight, that's going to be absolutely outstanding. I can't wait to see what Biz has to say about the Bruins and the Blackhawks. I'm so excited about it all. This has been a great start to the season, and this was a great show.
1: It was. Really good show for our first show of the 2023-2024 20, season.
0: Absolutely. I'm very happy about it. Um, I believe I will have at least one period of all 32 teams watched by this time next week. Um, so it'll be so fun to dive into each and every team and start to really get going here. Uh, we
1: got a long season ahead of us, my son. Yep. This is just the beginning. I don't know how many weeks it is actually, but this is week one of 25, I'll guess. I don't know. It's something like
0: that. Cause think of like the fantasy hockey yeah. playoffs. They go pretty much to the end of the regular season. It's usually like yeah. 24, 25. So You know, I do think it's funny the Hawks are going to be two games down before the Devils play one, but (laughs) then the Devils will tie them on Friday night, so it definitely does all even out in the end. Um, The Blackhawks, um, between now and our next show, tonight will face the – and tonight, of course, if you're listening on audio, is Wednesday. They will play the Boston Bruins in Boston, and then they will head on over to play the Blue, Blanc, and Rouge in the Montreal Canadiens, Um, 6 o'clock on
1: Saturday. They are off on Sunday. They play the Maple Leafs then, I believe, next Tuesday? Yep.
0: Um, It is Monday. The Toronto Maple Leafs. So, i Matthews and the Leafs hosting Connor Bedard and the Blackhawks, of course. Um, And then if you happen to be one of my Devils fan friends, I know we have a couple people here in the chat that come from my Devils um, following. Um, They start tomorrow night against the – Detroit Red Wings. Oh, Bacha Galoop made it in the chat. That's funny. Yeah. And then I, I know uh, Ray Leo is a big Devils guy too. So we got plenty of Devils love here in the chat. Um, then tomorrow the Arizona Coyotes will make their way to Newark to play against the New Jersey Devils, which should be fun. Um, and then, it's funny, Monday they play the Florida Panthers, the defending Eastern Conference champions, a little three-game homestand to start the season for New Jersey. Can't wait for all of it. Um... Caitlin says Jack Hughes is the best player in the
1: NHL do you agree no I do not why he could be but he's not McTain what's too good what's his ceiling in terms
0: like realistically his ceiling 110 points okay oh I think he could go over that you think yeah I think his ceiling is the second best player
1: in the league I don't really? know if he'll get there. But like, I picture him like 110, 115 is like his career high, maybe. But.
0: I, I don't think NHL is crazy with the 120. Wow. The sim. I don't. I, and I'm probably not much more than that. Um, but I think year after year, eventually Jack Hughes and Bedard will join McKinnon, McCarr, Matthews, and Dry for the argument for second best player in the league. I really do. And you could probably throw David Posternock in that mix too.
1: They, I'm not saying, yeah, he's not a bad player.
0: Well, I didn't say you said he was a bad player. <laughs> um, she says the Minnesota mullets are a team of all oh, Frank story. I don't time. even know who that is. Story time. Really quick before we go. Story time. Um, I'm at this beautiful place in the Wisconsin Dells, just a luxurious Italian restaurant called Pizza Ranch.
1: I've heard
0: and it's not a luxurious Italian restaurant. It's a frick. It's CC's on crack. <laughs> um, all of a sudden, these and I get intimidated by teenagers. My Chemical Romance has a song called Teenagers. I don't know if you've ever heard it. You probably have. Probably. They say that teenagers scare the oh, living yeah. shit of out yeah. of me. Yeah. Teenagers yeah. actually scare the living shit out of me. And when a bunch of hungry boys walk into a buffet, I think I might like watching that more than I like watching hockey. I'm being dead ass. These kids, they're wearing this gear. And it kind of looks like can you picture the reverse retro of the ducks last year?
1: Yeah. It had
0: like the, or not, not last year, the first reverse retro that the ducks had where it was like the big duck. And he was like, it was a full body.
1: Oh it, yeah. Yeah. It,
0: it it looked like that except just his face and his two hands holding a hockey stick. And then like, imagine if I'm a duck, this is what it looked like. The yeah. Ago. Frank, their gear was fucking unreal. Who are It they? was green, it was green and like orange, I guess, and white for the most part. A little yellow, I think, in there. Were they just like a local team? Okay, so I I'm up there. I'm getting my pizza, and you know me, I'll talk to a doorknob. I look at one of them, one the friendliest looking one. I went, "Your guys' gear, is sick." He goes, "Oh, thanks, man." He was like thrilled to be talking to me. I was yeah. stunned because most teenagers are douches.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: and. He goes, yeah, we're, we're the Dell's Ducks. The Dell's Ducks? You're like 15, so I'm – you know, I don't want to sound creepier. I'm like, where do you guys play? He's like, oh, it's over by uh, – now I'm John a blank on the big uh water park. Um, uh,
1: Treasure Island. Oh, Mount Olympus. Mount, Mount Olympus. Olympus yeah. Mount
0: Olympus. They play right over there. And I'm like, oh, shit, I would go watch these guys play. We look up their league. They're playing teams from Buffalo – and minneapolis and like it's a it's like a legit travel hockey team cool like these guys if they got drafted into the chl i i think college is probably the more realistic option for a bunch of yeah brat kids from wisconsin or the college route they probably end up playing at wisconsin or at duluth or at st cloud or minnesota you know ohio state michigan but I'm like, these guys look real. And we look at one of the teams they play is the Minnesota Mullets. And Frank, you have to Google this team's logo when we get off the program I'll today. Do it right now, their logo is the funniest looking thing. It kind of looks like the spit and chiclets logo, but with a mullet. Can you picture the spit and chicklets logo? Like yeah. on the bottles of Pink Whitney and shit. <laughs> I kinda, got it right here. It kind of looks like that, but with like a oh, mullet no. is so cool. It is freaking so sweet. And so Katie's new hockey obsession. I honestly think if the devils played the mullets in a preseason game, she'd root for the mullets. Like it just became a thing. Frankie's pulling up the Minnesota mullets logo. (laughs) Isn't that funny? And they have, um, university of Minnesota logo colors, which I also found to be amazing. I'm like, okay, some of these kids might actually believe that they're going to go on and play for the golden gophers one day. And then, yeah, you have the Dell's ducks. Oh, Type in Dells Ducks hockey. Oh yeah, it's part of the USPHL, the Premier Hockey League. Uh, yeah, this? see it right there. Yeah,
1: that's sick.
0: Yeah, I, I like mean, that
1: better than the mullets, I think. I uh, see. I I might too. But what, hell What yeah. league is this? It's the
0: USPHL. It's a pre. It's a premier travel hockey team, or hockey league. And I really badly want to go to a game, and I think I might make it happen. I don't know. I don't know their history. I don't know if they've pumped out any NHL players. Pathway i could actually... to college
1: hockey. That's what you said, right?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I mean, look at that. The bow dangles this, on this kid. This guy you talked to could be in the NHL one day. I mean, I honestly think, like, obviously there's a slim chance of making it to the NHL. But,
1: like... Oh, they got an Islanders, a Rangers. It's not Michigan impossible. Clubs. Maybe that's like the Bruins. Let me that's see if cool. I can find
0: a notable alumni that made its way to. Um, dude, there are a lot of teams in this league, though.
1: There's a lot of leagues. The Boston Junior Bruins. Teams. The Southeast, Pacific, Northwest, New England, Mid, Midwest, West, Mideast, I can't even speak. Midwest, East, Atlantic, Great Lakes, Florida. This is a lot of teams. The Chicago have one?
0: Um they didn't know at the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, they do. They Chicago do Chicago
1: Cougars. Oh, they yeah. have two. And, and there might even there
0: might even be, Frank, a team from Illinois that is from a town that you just don't recognize oh, the name. I
1: like this logo.
0: They're all cool. They're all cool. The Minnesota Moose. Are you kidding me? That's fucking awesome. The Nashville Spartans, the New Jersey Rockets, which I have heard of the New Jersey Rockets before. I didn't even put two and two together before. Let me see if I can find a page with like notable alumni. Um, yeah, possibly... I got it right
1: here. Jack Eichel. Nuh-uh. I swear to God. <laughs>
0: Paige
1: Page Thompson.
0: That's funny. Just a couple. Oh, ta- up, Tate, John Donato. New Jersey Devils own John Marino. Oh, Trevor
1: Van Reemsdyke of the Black
0: Ryan Donato, who scored Connor Bedard's first career Dude, NHL. Charlie
1: point. McAvoy, Rupe Hinz.
0: Oh yeah, look at that. Charlie, you met
1: somebody. From the NHL, potentially.
0: Jimmy VC, Rupe. How did Rupe Hintz play?
1: Dude, they had three Bruins.
0: Yeah. How did Rupe Hintz come over from Finland to play in this league that these Wisconsin kids eating at Pizza Ranch are eating?
1: That's
0: I mean, holy shit. I didn't even look this much. Joel Faraby, he's a really good player. Donato scored. We all saw Donato score yesterday. We're going to watch. Uh, the best player to ever play in this league is probably McAvoy, but Tage Thompson is right there. Jack Eichel. Oh, yeah, Jack Eichel, too. Shit. I mean, Tage Thompson, he played for the um, wow. Junior Islanders.
1: This is insane.
0: Marino played for the South Shore Kings. This is I like the
1: legit league, then. That's like big.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a developmental league. That's Holy cool. Holy shit. Yep.
1: I'm glad we looked that up.
0: Me, too, actually. Really cool. Really cool. I'm going to go see a game, I think. I really want to. Wow. Especially that knowing really that cool. I didn't realize that this many. And all those guys did go on to play college hockey. Obviously, uh, Eichel went on to BU and McAvoy to BU. And oh, yeah. But I forget where Tage Thompson played.
1: Hockey. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, this league rules. And I got to eat pizza with these. I didn't really get to. I just talked to two of them for five minutes. But hell, yeah. If cool. I ever bump into them again, I'm going to ask if they have any. Now that I know more, i be like, you know, McAvoy played in this league. That's cool. You you know, Stanley Cup champion Jack Eichel played in this league? Yeah. Very sick. What a show. What a show. What a life. What a sport. I just love this beautiful game of hockey that we all love so much. Um, This is my Patrick
1: Kane stick. I like it.
0: It's Patrick Kane's blade.
1: I see you uh, chose the Bruins over the Hawks by taking your hat off.
0: (laughs) Funny. (laughs) I do not care who wins. I just hope my fantasy guys play well and the game is entertaining. So should be good times. Should be good times. All right, Frank, that's our show. I hope everybody enjoyed watching. I hope you enjoyed having the conversation with me just as much as I did with you. I hope all the Blackhawks fans enjoyed their first uh, victory of the season. Hopefully you get another one tonight, maybe. I hope, um, I hope the Bruins fans are happy tonight. I hope I'm happy tomorrow against the Detroit Red Wings. Um, Frank, is there anything else you have to say for yourself before we get out of here?
1: Just hoping we get another Hawks win tonight, baby. Yep, keep, to rubbing your shirt.
0: yep keep rubbing your shirt against the mic. It sounds great. Um... <laughs> All right, Frank, what a good show. I hope everybody enjoyed. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. Crosstown Crosstalk. We're going to talk Texas Rangers. We're going to talk um, Houston Astros, all Texas ALCS potentially. Uh, maybe by the time that show starts, it will be confirmed in all Texas um, series. Can't wait for baseball. Can't wait for hockey. Uh, football's on the rise as well. There's football tonight. There's football tomorrow. Um yep cannot wait in every Playoff way, baseball as mind. we speak as we speak it's just about to start if it did not start already, one out already one out already there we go i hope everybody enjoys and we will see you next week with a little bit more on all 32 teams as they will all have played at least two games by then as always thank you for listening <laughs>